0: Today we're going to be talking about the military-industrial complex, and we have with us Brian Morris, Lieutenant Brian Morris of the Navy. Hello, and, and you're also a professor of political science
1: at Cumberland University.
0: Oh, at Cumberland University. Cool. Yes, sir. Okay, so where do we start this thing? As uh, we can start this thing back
1: at the beginning. Right? Okay. So let's let's, let's talk about beginning. back to the beginning. So I spent 21 years in the Navy, just as a background. So I have most of my experience. Was with the Navy. Spent some time with the Marine Corps. Um, I was enlisted in 1992, and I retired in 2013. So, okay. the Gulf War, right? I came in right at the end of the first Gulf War, and then um, retired during the surges in Iraq and Afghanistan. So, wow. I spanned that time frame. In the Navy, which is the most technical branch of the service, until the Air Force, right? So, historically okay. speaking, building ships is much more complicated than building guns, right? It takes a lot more tactical stuff. The first six frigates in the Navy, they're like the USS Constitution, the USS America, um, like when, like the old Ironsides, when you think of those. When President Washington wanted those ships built, they cost about $700,000 back then. What him and his Secretary of the War, that's what they called it, Secretary of War, Secretary of Defense today, Secretary of War back then, decided that to... <laughs> better get Congress to fund it, we're going to divide up where we build these ships. So instead of building all six ships in one place where it would have been more efficient and more, uh, a better process, right? You could have learned what you learned on the first ship by your sixth ship, it would have been that much more efficient. Instead, they built one ship in Boston, one ship in Providence, one ship in Baltimore, one ship in, right? So they Mm -hmm. spread it out throughout all of... Not all, but most of the 13 colonies that that built ships or had shipbuilding facilities as a way to not only um, spread the money around, but also to get funding, right? So every state got a piece. And then if you didn't build part of the ship, you got a piece Hmm. of supplying. So to create jobs and stuff. Create jobs, but also to create, we we need timber for this. So we need, so even if you're not going to build the ship, we're going to buy the wood from this state. So that way they'll get some money too. So it was a from so from the very beginning, the col- I don't want to say collusion because that sounds like a bad word. But the collusion, <laughs> collusion is a bad word, yes. Collusion between <laughs> government and private practice, and private business has existed with military spending. Right, right. Now that has was pretty stable and pretty pretty minor throughout all of US history until World War Two. Okay. So Enter you know, FDR, right? Enter enter FDR. But okay. so you know, you'd have the war the Revolutionary War, it ends, we build these ships, and you have just the local militias and whatnot, very small. Then War of 1812, all right, so we need to man. We need to arm up the federal armories. Springfield is going to produce more weapons, but it's all federal, right? Then the Civil War, it sort of breaks back down to we need such, especially in the South, you needed so, man, so much weapons, and the infrastructure didn't exist, so it was a lot more like mom-and-pop um, businesses, smaller, much smaller foundries and whatnot, making cannons and guns. And then in the north, you had much more centralized major armories making major weapons and ships and stuff like that. Okay. But again, after the Civil War and after the War of 1812, it all scaled back. After the Spanish American War, scales back, right? Expands, scales back. After World War I, expands, still scales mm-hmm. back, but not as much because bit. now we have, we're a, game, we're a player now on the world stage. We have colonies overseas, we gain stuff at the end of World War One. We didn't really like stick around, but we didn't really go home either. We got very much involved in the banana wars in the in the Caribbean. We invaded Haiti and controlled the Marines, controlled Haiti for you know something like 10 or 15 years. Really? Um, I counter- didn't know that. Yeah, we controlled a lot of South American countries, like the whole Monroe Doctrine. This is our part of the world. So Haiti defaulted on its loans and we went down there and took over their customs house basically. Um, and the Marine Corps a little ran Haiti as a, not a private, but as a colony for all intents and purposes for, I think about 10 years, you have to check, but I'm pretty okay. sure about, about 10 years or so um, on and off. And that had happened a couple of times. So again, we have troops kind of deployed everywhere, but not like we did um, during the, during the war, right? Downsized world war two rolls around. Mm-hmm. Right. And now we realize, so at the start of world war two, I was just listening. I was reading a book, um, the war state. I don't remember the author's name, but the war state um, on my drive over here. So I could. Going up on this <laughs> and it was talking about how there were 80 80 semi-automatic rifles in the entire u.s military in like 1935 oh yeah yeah, and that was it 80 right and those are automatic semi-automatic oh semi okay everything That's else like is a bolt action springfield the, the
0: Germans the Germans were the ones that
1: created sure i mean we had them we just didn't they weren't mass produced like they, they existed oh, okay. but they were not out in the in the military yet they used the spring the springfield 1903 or 1901 1903 i think and it was a bolt action I, rifle i
0: have one of those yeah yeah my dad my dad sold it because it had notches on it and he yeah he didn't like that I mean, it might, might have been a little <laughs> a little weird <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe it's just deer someone right? was he didn't have that many notches so he must have got <laughs> taken out pretty early but there's like 13, 14 or so, something like that. Yeah, It's a lot of notches. It was fun to shoot
1: though. Yeah. yeah. So that that's, was the pre-car. And then they had the Grand, which is like a magazine fed yeah. rifle. I was about to say, yeah. And that comes out. But again, like none of these- that was semi-automatic. Right. Yep. Okay. So a magazine, every time you pull the trigger. But none of that existed really before. We had a couple hundred airplanes, you know, no real tanks, no real, just, you know, small. We Our mm. military on the eve of World what we War II needed. was just, we had conquered the West. really wasn't we had fought in the philippines since 1900 you know or 1898 1999 we had occupied the philippines and we're still like a low-level guerrilla war there but that didn't require tanks that didn't require ships really aircraft carriers and all that technology is new and whatnot so now world war ii happens and boom mass expansion right you have 400 ships in the fleet eight battleships 22 aircraft carriers 99,000 bombers or fighters, and then another 80,000 bombers. Um, Ford, I think, Henry Ford said he could produce one bomber every hour. That was his goal during World War II. And he got it down to one bomber every 63 minutes. Oh. Right? So you're, you know, that's pretty impressive, right? You're building hundreds of thousands of tanks, hundreds of thousands of pieces of artillery, 100,000 tanks, trucks, food, boots.
0: So now, is there's a common? I hear this a lot that the uh, basically just got us out of the depression. Is that true?
1: So going into the depre- going into World War II, it was like fourteen percent unemployment. Okay. Coming in the middle of World War II, now it's skewed because most many men were drafted, right? But unemployment got to a low of like 1.5 percent, something like that. Oh, okay. So so, so that- yes. But again, now also seven or eight million, nine million guys were drafted in the military, so those guys also filled jobs and you're looking at the peak employment age, right? Eighteen to thirty five, probably sixteen to you know, seventeen to thirty five, right, are being drafted and then if you were on the margins you filled those jobs got it right? so the draft accounted for some of oh, the of unemployment okay. sure
0: of course it did so they actually they didn't take that out of the numbers No, nah, they really
1: but i mean it would only make sense i don't i don't know the numbers i mean i know the Can number was 14% up? what was uh, world war II's unemployment i know that i know it was 14% unemployment and this is at the beginning of world war II. like 19 18 or excuse me, 1940, 1940 unemployment was like 14% and then
2: yeah. Um so yeah, uh, the Great Depression of the early 1930s had an unemployment rate of 23.6%, the highest amount of modern time and then let's see. And then by 1944, when millions of men in uniform the war yeah, so uh the lowest post-war weight was 2.9% in 1953.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, the, certainly the Great Depression had put people to work, so it definitely was trending down, but it was still still pretty yeah. 14%, 15 something around there, mid-14s. And then now you have massive expansion of the military, but jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Jobs. And for the first time in U.S. history, the end of the war didn't really end anything. We downsized for sure, right? We had 10 or 15 million, 10 million guys in uniform, however many millions of women. And we cut down to 3 million-ish people mm-hmm. still. So we certainly downsized, but we didn't we didn't go back to 100,000 men. Limited you know, army. Right. Like after every other war, we dropped down like 120, 130, 140,000 So this is folks. getting
0: into 1953. It's getting into like standing armies.
1: So we haven't had a massive standing army since ni- since 1940. 40. We, they started the draft and whatnot in 1940, in the 41, I think, in the build up to World War II. Like everybody kind of knew. You could see the writing on the wall. So um, FDR gets elected in 1940. One of the policies he starts after 1940 is a draft. They start expanding the military. You know, by that point, England is barely hanging on. France has been conquered. Did we not have a draft before FDR? Not, no. I don't believe so. Not universal conscription. Can we, can like we look that do.
2: up? Yeah, it says right here. So yeah, I actually got the. Uh, I'm looking at the facts. So yeah, 1940 was when the draft came in, and then yeah, we dropped down from, uh, you know, the high twenties down into the fourteen. 14.6. So, yeah, uh, 1940, there was – the well, We
0: started. had to we had to institute a draft to fight the Nazis?
2: It was total war.
0: We don't mess. I guess I, – oh, okay. So, it's more – that was more of a all-hands-on-deck situation. Right.
1: So, ha- that was an existential threat. We perceive that as an existential threat, right? That's why we did Germany first. Like, you read a lot of stuff. There was a big conflict in the U.S. military. Japan mm-hmm. attacked the United States. Why are we fighting Europe, right? What's the point, right? We should fight Japan. Japan, they attacked Pearl Harbor, all that stuff. We made deals with the Brits ahead of time. It was a little ABC conference it's called. And certainly FDR and Churchill, they knew each other vaguely and they had a couple of conferences and they decided to go with the Germany first policy. And the idea was you could beat Germany. Germany could not, could, Germany could stand on its own. Japan could not. Okay. Right, so if you focus the entire world against Japan, they would collapse. You could focus the entire world on Germany. Mm, you didn't really know whether they were going to lose or not, especially in 1940 1941. They're on the gates of Moscow, right? They're pushed deep into Russia. Looks like Russia or the Soviet Union is going to collapse any moment now. If the Soviet Union collapses, then what? Right? So there was fear of that. So, so two two things, and we,
0: you know, just a little bit of. So as far as you you mentioned Ford, Henry Ford. Mm-hmm. Are are the are the rumors facts, what are which are they? That did he actually fund or not fund, but did he also sell to the Germans? Is that true?
1: Before World War II?
0: Before No, no, so, after World War
1: II. Or like during World War II. So I, I would think I I don't know about Henry Ford. I do know IBM, right? IBM. Mm-hmm. The I don't think Dow Jones and. Can you look that up real quick? Like, as far
0: as uh, American companies who supplied Z Germany. Yeah,
1: he is correct with the IBM MEC. So I know IBM had, like, you know, like the punch card. Like, before computers, the way you tracked massive amounts of data was with punch cards. Mm -hmm. And they had that technology. And for sure, IBM Germany used that technology to target Jews and to keep track of all, all of that stuff. So, yeah. IBM was a was not hundred percent responsible. Was hundred percent involved in that type of in, in the in the, the monitoring, tracking. How do so you? That's find not somebody? something they
0: had before. They sold that to them. During. It was
1: just, it was that was cutting edge technology at the time. Okay, the Germans just so you know how like corporations have branches in different spots. The that branch of IBM in Germany just that was the the contract they were. They mm. were given and they okay and they, they took it. And they took it. Same thing with Hugo Boss. Patriotism, be damned. Hugo Boss, right? The soup place, the
2: fancy clothes place. Okay, yeah. not sure,
1: made the uniforms for the the SS, like those black what? uniforms. What you got there, Josh?
2: Yeah, uh, Coca Cola was one of them. Coca Cola's. Uh, yep, and then uh, Dow, like you were saying, uh, Chase Bank, um, Ford. So yeah, you're right about Ford, and mm. then General Motors. Supply the Nazis, and then IBM. Yeah. Wow.
1: So a lot of those companies, right, the question really becomes, did they supply stuff to Germany? Directly. Even even directly okay. in 1937 or in 1942, right? So in 1937, he's just one other leader of a world. There were a lot of business guys who had a very strong opinion or favorable opinion of him in the United States in Europe, Ford, even Ford, Ford, Ford was a him. big support. He thought they were not a bad company. And if you look at, if you look at them, it, it's very hard to look back on history, right? Because you know how it comes out. But if you look at Hitler in nineteen thirty-eight, he wasn't. I mean, he was a bad dude, but like he brought Germany back from the brink. He was, you know, showed another way was, of prosperous country, some strong economy, and all that. Yeah.
0: So how how much do you think those American companies or those those people knew, like Ford? That he was, you know, gearing up. At that point, were they actually instituting the concentration camps and things?
1: So so yes and no. They were not doing, like, the final solution and whatnot, stuff like that. They were very big on political opponents, communists. Those guys went to camps pretty early. Now, those were not necessarily death camps. Those might have just been prison camps that you just happen to die in, right? Like, they had (laughs) that type of thing, right? They were definitely not, like, the gas chamber Mm -hmm. that we think of as Nazi concentration camps. It was definitely not that. That that comes about 1942. They have a big conference. That's that's much later in the war. (laughs) But in 19, you know, during the 30s, when Hitler came to power, he was big on eugenics, right? So if you had something wrong, if you were, um, and it's not just Hitler, it was also... There are a lot of people in the United States, too, who believe that if you were, heads up, um, um, some kind of handicap, right? disability. Were, some disability, thank you. If you were some, in some way dis, dis, had a disability, that that meant you should not, not necessarily die, but you should not be allowed to reproduce. So mm-hmm. they sterilized tons of males. Yeah, we practiced that, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, 100%. And if you look at Margaret Sanger, I don't know, the lady who did started Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. she was
2: a huge eugenicist. Yep. huge into that and now her so can mother we look,
1: can we look that up real
0: quick I've, I've heard the
2: <clears throat> no it I mean it is true but I can look it up real quick but I mean from what I understand Planned Parenthood kind of did start off as a, a way you know a way of kind of low key or maybe even high key uh, population control not saying that it
1: is today but that was the time you know Mark. I mean in Margaret Sanger's defense her mom when she was a little little girl got attacked and I'm pretty sure sexually assaulted by two at the term you would call them hobos who like kicked in her front door and assaulted her mother in front of her. Mm -hmm. So in her own defense, she saw. So to her, it wasn't that, that it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't just racial. It was also, if you are poor, something's wrong with you Mm. at a genetic level that leads to your poverty.
0: So there was a fair bit of kind of like fascist ideology in America. Sure.
1: Oh, sure. 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 Around the world. I mean, again, if you look at, if you look at your choices, Right. You look at your choices. You had communism mm-hmm. or fascism. Democracies look like they failed in 1930. Right? So if you were living in 1930 on a bread line, you know, right. yeah. you're looking at that your system of government has collapsed. It has doesn't work. 1935, you look at Germany, everybody's back to work. You look at Italy from the 1920s. But how, but how many
0: of the 20s and 30s were policies that weren't really what weren't correctly attributed to, uh like democracy per se or
1: oh sure yeah sure sure so, no, no, so there i'm was... not saying oh yeah no no sure but if you are, i'm just saying if you're the common guy on the street right okay yeah, right yeah. so i'm not saying that the policies. is i'm just saying that if you are herbert hoover what it appears to be right what the t- average guy Talk about a very polarized yes so if you yep. look at if you're homeless hungry and hopeless who do you blame you blame your government right okay. whatever policies your government makes now Hoover's policy and the Great Depression was much more pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of guy, I think. And he, some of the policies he created kind of bled into FDR's New Deal. Right. Um, but it was definitely not as much as FDR's New Deal was. I've stopped using words like government. I, lo- I look
0: at it like if we, people need to start looking at it like administrations. Bad administrations, because you go to a restaurant, you have bad service, right? And nothing says that that place can't get better management sure. or better hosts, you know, whatever it might be. That's kind of we we too too bad. It, we we use the word government as like the big scary entity monster that just fucks yes. shit up. Yes, you're right. You're right. right. Yes. So so speed along a little bit. So we're to um, when does when does Eisenhower? Okay. So break right, in? so. Because he was the one that warned us of it.
1: Yep. All right. Hold on. Let me go. Okay. First. So World War II ends. All right. Right. Then we roll into the Cold War. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think um, if there had not been a Cold War, we probably would have rolled back to pre-war levels. Right. Because, okay. again, the historical context, the, the precedent was there. We fought for the for the war. War's over. Let's go back down. But now we have nuclear weapons. Okay. Right. Okay. Not only do we have nuclear weapons, but in 49, the Soviet Union has nuclear weapons. So now there's an existential threat. There's no more total war. You can't do the same kind of war we did in Germany Mm-mm. where we're going to carpet bomb cities. Can't because do that. of MAD. Because of mutually assured destruction, right? But I mean, that, that doctrine hadn't come out yet and the whole ICBMs and stuff But it makes sense. <laughs> But We got them, you got them. Right. I got them, you got them. It would be bad for fight. everyone. It would be bad. And then, you know, you're looking at tactical nuclear weapons at the time and whatnot, but still, eh, you really want to start dropping those on each other? Mm. There's a debate. We dropped them on Jap- Japan, right? Would <laughs> we have dropped them on Germany had those been developed earlier?
0: Okay. I feel like this is valid. Let's let's talk about that for a minute. I think we, we've had this discussion before. Was it warranted? Do you believe it was warranted to drop them on Japan? Because you have generals like uh, MacArthur who said it wasn't like it was so, a yeah
1: so and there is and it's a what if of history okay right it is a what if you'll we'll never know we will never know the results if we did not drop two nuclear weapons on Japan would they have surrendered well supposedly they already were surrendering can we look that up real quick so, and it
0: just not unconditionally
1: which they we, they wanted and we didn't yeah. do an unconditional surrender with them anyway we kept the emperor in place as a figurehead. That was what they wanted. We
0: didn't, you know, so it wasn't there. It was still conditional, is not what you're
1: saying? Yeah, we did not have them do an unconditional surrender. Had it been an unconditional surrender, the emperor would have been hung yeah.
0: Yeah, if, you, if you're, at you're the a, end of the
1: war. He was not. He's still, I mean, he's not, but he's <clears> his grandkids in power now.
0: Some of the sentiment comes from uh, John Oliver, not John Oliver, <laughs> that's HBO, sorry. John uh, Oliver Stone does the Untold History of America and you know oh okay yeah it's a pretty good resource for anybody watching um at least mm. worth a visit but he he explains that uh it was essentially um i just kind of we're going to have to edit this little part cuz i'm rambling <laughs> you can tie this back right yeah um yeah uh, oliver stone said that um he starts pointing to to truman's character which is um you know very uh he points him out the way they paint him in this documentary is that he was very insecure and he was made fun of a lot when he was a kid and picked on and things Maybe. like that. Mm-hmm. And that this was his, his chance to really beat his chest and just, you know, could be, I don't, I don't, right. Be yeah. Honest. I'm so, not a Truman historian. I have no idea. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So we, we can, we can move on. I would from say that,
1: though, but, I mean, just to answer your question, mm-hmm. right. If you are regardless, right. I mean, FDR had spent, upwards of 10 or 12 billion dollars maybe more on developing nuclear weapons right okay. so to think that you would have spent that money and not that had he lived long enough that he would not have also ordered the use of them oh no no, no. is a little oh, bit you know what okay, i mean I what like saying. that was developed on his watch so it's not like truman just showed up and was like all right i'm gonna use these like those were being developed i, I would agree that it's 1941. Now, even before the, I mean, they were being developed the whole time. So to think that FDR would not have ordered their use. I don't well, I know. think
0: everyone, if you realize that they were doing it, that we, it was a, one of those things that we had to get involved in. But I think it's fair to say that most people would say, yeah, we would have had to have developed it just to keep ourselves safe from.
1: Nobody else did. What do you mean? Germany didn't develop it. They weren't even Oh, close. really? Nope. Japan oh. didn't have any tech, was not even close technologically. Oh, Germany okay. wasn't close. So it's pretty much Russia. They weren't even close. We, we and the Brits decided that that was something we were going to play with. Oh, so I we mean, did. part of it was because a lot of the scientists who were Germans and Italians fled. That, that's where I get that from. So it's... They fled. Were they just quieter about it? They, after the war, they just did not. We thought they were developing it. They did not have the ability to develop
0: it. Oh, okay. So There just... was like heavy
1: water. They didn't have like, you needed access to things that you couldn't get in Europe, right? There's no, you, to the best of my knowledge, there's not a whole big... Um, uranium. Uranium, thank you. Uranium. I was going to say Ukrainian. Uranium <laughs> deposit. That's in Africa. Yeah, so yeah. Germany, to get uranium, would have had to have somehow gotten it out of Africa. You're, the British and the United States controlled the seas. like They didn't have the ability to get stuff like that. Um, now, there is argument that the Japanese were working on radiation, like dirty bombs. And maybe the Germans could have done dirty bombs. But like a full-fledged, legit... Nuke. Nuke. Not so much. I mean. I not don't so much. Not so much. To the best of my not. Now, I'm not 100% certain, but everything I've ever watched has said that they tried, they were like in the initial stages and realized it was just too expensive for them to do. Hmm. And that they were focusing more on um, hardware, tanks, right? And, you know, if you look at the Germans' um, production um, ability to produce weapons in World War II, it was flawed. Yeah. It was seriously hmm. flawed. Hitler would constantly change their specs and the generals. And their system was much less organized than our system was. Their military industrial complex was much worse off than ours was.
0: So previous to the atom bomb, there's this, there's the belief, I don't know how many historians actually question this, but that the tipping point to defeating Hitler was the Russians. Mm -hmm.
1: So uh, the Russians, we played, we paid. So what is it? There's a saying we paid, the United States paid in money the British paid in resolve, and the Russians paid in blood. Oh, okay. Whoa, that's hardcore. By far, by <laughs> far. For every, like, we lost some around 800 ish thousand casualties. Not all dead, just casualties. So that's the germ. The, the Russians lost like 20 million. Mm-hmm. Like the Russians, for sure, broke the back of the Nazi army. For you know,
0: sure. What, what's and I'm sure that at some point. In this conversation, this is already going to come up, but American exceptionalism, I'm like, we're the, we're the badasses of the world. Uh, when I played, uh, uh, not that we're not, not that we don't <laughs> No, I, no I don't. I don't uh, uh, maybe we'll, we'll get War there. War. We'll see. But when I played, uh, actually, the Call of Duty series, I remember the one in World War II. I had been brought up, of course, with a certain sentiment. Sure. <laughs> that was the sentiment, that we won World War II. I remember asking, uh, you know, someone told me that, that Hitler lost because he was too on too many fronts. Whether that's debatable or not, he this this his, history teacher said he goes no, it's because America's the best and blah blah blah. And when I got to the Call of Duty franchise, they had actually had a split where they you could play or in the, you you went through the character line of both an American soldier and a and a Russian soldier. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, oh my god, like why am I this Russian guy? And as I got through it, I was like, man, these guys. I started googling and researching. And I'm like, they 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 gave the nazis a what for so yeah. yep. it, it's weird how did we get to the point where that pre Cold war or where that was such a if they helped so much why were they seen as the the greater threat
1: was that all ideology, ideological or? part of it was was part of it was i think i think fdr had a better relationship with stalin than truman did okay. right and then if you look at the potsdam conference yeah, Potsdam, So it's after Germany surrenders, but before Japan surrenders. Right. It's um, Truman, Stalin, and the I don't remember what his name is. He's the 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 Truman, Stalin, and he. It, it, it's the prime minister who who beats Churchill, like right at the end of the right at the end of World War Two, right after the Germans surrender. Churchill holds a snap election, thinking he'll get reelected for whatever years is to stay in power, and he loses to Clement Attlee. Maybe I don't. know. That's actually something. But he loses like bad to because he's he was arguing we need to rebuild the the, the British Empire. We're going to go into a period of Ooh. of economic conservatism and um, uh, not spending any money. Oh, there's a term for that. People didn't like this. People didn't like that. They were already lived under hardship hardship conditions for. Six years. Oh, the Industrial Revolution and all that. Well, just, I mean, for us... I mean, I know that's
0: way before, but... Yeah,
1: it was Clement Attlee. Clement Attlee? Yeah. So the, you know, we got involved in World War II in 41, the Mm -hmm. end of 41, almost 42, right? The most start of 42. The Brits had been involved in World War II since 39, so two full years before us. So they had been involved in economic deprivations and um, austerity. That's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And austerity from 39 on. So when Churchill tries to run on, Hey, we're going back to austerity to pay off our debts, to do this, to do that, strength, the economy, you know, all that stuff. They were like, nah. we we're appreciate not. your war service. <laughs> Thank you. You kept Thank us you, on- sir. You kept us safe. <laughs> appreciate it. He came back. He runs again. I think in the late, f- he, he does another tour as prime minister later in the fifties, I think, but he's definitely out by this point. So anyway, so you have Clement Attlee, Truman, And Stalin, right? So now Stalin is by far the senior statesman,
0: right? And these three did not Out with the old, in with the new time.
1: And they didn't have the same relationship, the long-term relationship that these other guys did with him, right? They had been allies for years, and now you had—and developed relationships. And not only could—you know, maybe you could go back to Churchill, but Churchill hated Stalin. He was a huge anti-communist. He only— he
0: only supported. It's so weird watching the videos with those three guys on stage. Yeah, so you can just,
1: see, like, Churchill's yeah. always looking oh, off. He's always yeah, as yeah. far away from him as he can. And he makes a comment. Somebody asked him why why he was supporting, you know, you're such a staunch anti communist. And he made some comment. I don't really remember it 100%, but something about, like, I would support the devil if he fought Hitler. I would give him a speech, two minutes of speech in the commons, right? Like, I don't care. Anybody that's going to fight Hitler is enemy, an ally of story. us right and now the war's over that threat's over you know britain didn't care so much about what was going on in the middle in the in the far east right that wasn't really their sphere india was safe you know and i think the writing was kind of on the wall that you are going to lose the Ind- india as a colony sooner or later right like that that's in 49 i think um so you know like that's right around the corner um hong kong you know like they didn't have as many possessions so they didn't care as much but the soviet union and we did you know we're the pacific fleets That The Pacific Ocean's our ocean, right? Mm -hmm. Sort of, kind (laughs) of. It's our ocean. Enough, right? Sort of. And then the Soviet Union is right on the border of China and the Japanese provinces of China. Um, And a large portion of the Japanese army had not been engaged in World War II. They were in mainland by U.S. forces. They were in mainland China fighting the Chinese. Like that war had been going on since 37. Uh, On and off, really, since 31. But since 37, there had been an active war with the Japanese versus the Chinese. So, so it's kind of perfect storm for all this. To... So it's a perfect storm. So anyway, so should we have dropped? Tie it all back in. Yeah, we well, also <laughs> should we have, should we have bombed? I think as a politician, right? Could if if it came out that we had this wonder weapon, and if the projections were right, and you lost a hundred thousand American <laughs> dead in the invasion of China, or excuse me, the invasion of Japan, could he have? You know, every one of those parents vote. Every one of those parents whose kid died unnecessary to them unnecessarily. And it's a total war. And do you care? Do we, do we even now care about some, you know, terrorist in Iraq who gets killed or his family that got accidentally. Uh, do some people, yeah, I mean, yeah. some people do. Sure. Some people, and we should care. We so should there was,
0: a, there was the, the issue of, you know, a lot of people and they have cartoons and different various content that you can look up where, you know, Americans were kind of, uh, Racist when oh. it came to the Japanese <laughs> time. Well, so, so the time. so the, um, the going, you know, what am I trying to argument? Have? The go, yeah, the going argument, thank you here is that we didn't drop the bombs on the Nazis the Germans because we're, you know, it's a race issue. I, th- there is that, that it,
1: may be true. Had the question again, what if, scenario, why, te- why test it on the Japanese versus, well, part of it is the German surrendered. The Germans surrendered before the bombs were ready.
0: Is that is that factual?
1: They were not. They were tested in the summer of forty five, and Germany surrendered in May, April, the end of April of forty five, beginning okay. of May, May fifth, I think forty five. Okay. So they were out of the war. Now that's convenient. An argument could easily be made had D Day lost, had D Day not worked out, we got pushed back into the sea. Now you have a guy like General Patton who certainly would not have been opposed to nuking. Oh yeah. yeah. Berlin, if it got him, you know, if it ended the war, right? So had it not worked out the way it did, would we have used that on the Germans? Where where do we have where where do we find the balance between a
0: like a MacArthur and a Patton? Is it just upbringing? Because that, that I mean that we're talking about the military industrial complex. Sure. So so some you know some mentalities are like bruh whatever you can do you you know.
1: Well, I think you, you might be. I think MacArthur was not. A pacifist, right? No, 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 no. was, well, no, okay. was as,
0: as so, so I'm going to be honest with you, actually. I I see MacArthur in that line, where there's there's the kind of moral and ethic side of it, and then you have some more Patton, which is pretty much just...
1: Kill them all like God, sort them out? Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, for better or less. Sure, sure. So where in the military, where do you see...
1: Uh, none you... of those kind of guys. I don't think any of them exist today, comparatively speaking. Like It was a different mindset. You look at these guys. They were born... MacArthur was born in the late 1800s. Uh, his father was a general. His his father, I think, fought in the Civil War. His grandfather fought in okay, the Civil War. Okay, so they War. saw a lot of... Yeah, maybe maybe MacArthur was even older than that. Can Would you, you say s- that MacArthur, the history before,
0: up until... Well, I mean, they're about the same. So, like, did MacArthur...
1: So, MacArthur was way senior than Patton. MacArthur okay. was a four-star general in 34. 30- Four, thirty-five, thirty-six. he was the commandant of west point he had he had been the chief of staff of the army in the mid-30s the whole um, so you
0: see that cost of war and you see the
1: yeah but he was just as as brutal as any other general and as, if anything more so Patton, i think really liked his troops and really really fought in a way to end it as quickly as possible i think all, all right so all of them i think were were brought up in the school of total war be as brutal as you need to be so the war ends as quickly as possible so we all go home, right? Mm. And if that means weighing lace to the civilian population of an area, so be it. If that causes the war to end. Now, all of them, you also have to look at, there is a whole advent of um, aviation strategy now that are uh, aviation theorists, right? That That the airplane will cause no more... Wars that you can bomb someone into submission, and that had never been really tried.
0: So not only do you have this these, like uh, existential questions, you also have all this new technology, heinous yep technology. That so if you
1: look at ground war, right, yep. ground war, especially in Europe, ground war, two guys fighting with sticks has happened or whatever forever, right, forever. Hmm. And Europe through the centuries of the Western world developed very very principled wars right there's a geneva convention i'll treat your guys well that you get captured you treat my guys well that get captured right and the germany germany did that with western pow's but not eastern pow's because the soviet union didn't sign the geneva convention right japan never signed the geneva convention so but like mm-hmm. that i concept Did up, italy italy did yeah okay. yep so but italy but, didn't fight but the soviet union okay. they only fought and Italy treated U.S. soldiers that got captured very well, and U.S. certainly the British and the and the Americans treated captured uh, prisoner of war, you know, European prisoners of war, well, right. You don't hear too many stories of prisoners of war being executed, no. but they did to the Russians. I Did not know that the the but Brits. No, you don't. The Germans did that to the Russians. You know, they put them in work camps. They were subhuman. It's all racial stuff, man. It's all get, racial stuff gets a little wacky. Yeah. Um, but if you look at so there have been thousands of years of land war there had been hundreds of years of naval war thousands of years of naval war right so there were those were like organized there was like you know if a ship attacks another ship and you have to rescue the people that are in lifeboats like you just can't leave them to drown you have to take care of them like that was a article of like the geneva convention the hague conferences can't use poison weapons like all that now aviation brand new nobody knows what that can do if you look at the difference in a plane bad yeah if you look at the difference between an airplane the Wright brothers, right? So w- when was the Wright brothers? 1904, I think. 1905. And then you was look at like
0: 1919.
1: Is it that late? No, cuz they had planes in World War 1. So it had to be 19. It was okay, before yeah. World War 1. it it? Really? I think it was 1904.
2: Uh, actually it was 1903 was uh their first flight. Pretty close. Well, uh, you seven know what's,
1: 17th. That's pretty close. That's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't expect it to be that close because so my my grandfather was 102. And we saw a car in the museum it was 1913 he, he grew up he didn't really see, I think he his his number was so he's born wait I can't even remember uh, 1913 like he didn't see his first car till he was like seven or something yeah <laughs> so that's I mean it, it's weird that the plane was kind of coinciding yep. with that
1: yeah oh yeah right to techno- think of the technological changes yeah. so you have in 1903 <laughs> you have an airplane one guy. <laughs> pedaling bicycle bicycle shop guy built it right wasn't the Wright brothers bicycle shop guys 40 years later you have mass thousands aircraft bombing raids on germany and japan what what is that what what was that with the people with people when you know when
0: change happens and they're like they'll never be able to do that
1: i'm sure there was people
0: watching the Wright brothers saying these dudes are nuts they're never gonna be able to fly and of course and in 40 years it's just like of course. Right.
1: Of course there's Of course could fly. There'll <laughs> yeah. never be cell phones. <laughs> cell phones. <laughs> yeah, right. What is that?
0: You're going to have a computer? I don't know what that sentiment is. All You're right. going to have
1: a computer in your pocket? How close are we to Eisenhower? Right now. Right now. Okay, so we can go to the Korean War. So after World War II ends, okay. there's the Cold War, right? The Soviet Union develops nuclear weapons. Bam. Right after that happens, there's the Korean War, okay. right? Again. We're going to but- address JFK, but we're going to skip
0: that because that's I know that's a, that's a huge rabbit hole we're going to get into. Yeah, but what I want to know is who killed JFK. That's
1: I don't what know. I wish I knew. I don't know. Lee Harvey Oswald, man. Okay. I don't know. I have no idea.
0: That sounds like the official answer you would have from somebody.
1: <laughs> I don't the the one argument that I would say, okay. If it if, if killing Kennedy was some sort of a US government conspiracy, I would say... Well, let's not say
0: U.S. government. Let's say... Say an administrative. A, an, an administrative. A, a,
1: a portion of the administration.
0: You've already stated. We've gotten to the point where we're now we have standing
1: armies. We're, yep. we're making money and stuff. We're making money. There's certainly stuff. motive. There is motive, but if you look at even the guys... If you look at LBJ, right? Okay. And the guys that were running the country at the time. I
0: look at LBJ and I'm like, of course they killed him.
1: Maybe. But if it
0: wasn't, See, the U.S. government. Would you trust that guy? I wouldn't trust that guy to walk my dog, LBJ. Look
1: at his face. He used to. Well, I don't want to talk about it on your podcast. He, he would. He would what? No, like, go ahead. had people's shoes and stuff. He guess he had. He called weenie. He called his junk jumbo and would like pull it out dude, and like, try to. Th- I didn't have that information. He definitely killed JFK. Now, now <laughs> no, I'm dude, settled. That dude was like nuts. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. He
2: would like. Yeah. He would whip
1: out his dick like. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> He would do that he peed on some secret service guy's shoes they were like i stand in front of me so nobody sees so me. he was a deviant and then he whipped it out and peed he's a skinny dip. just
0: wait we look pull up some.
1: We, he was skinny dipping is
0: this factual information day. or is this hearsay this is supposed to be factual
1: well he's looking it up right so in lbj's lifetime he saw the start of world war one right uh-huh. so what happened how did world war one start some wackadoodle some well the crown prince of austria-hungary know, okay. gets shot Assassinated and that spirals out of control into this massive world war. So if you are the administration, would you want that to happen again? If,
2: <laughs> well, if you're not doing if, it,
1: if the Soviet union, or somebody had some reason to kill him, I don't know. Do you want to go out of control and have a nuclear war? Hmm. All right. Well, Josh takes, looks at that But Eisenhower. So Eisenhower, right? So Eisenhower, Korean war. <laughs> He, I don't remember when he comes into the military or what year, but he's in the military in 1914 because he goes to Europe. I f- think. So Does it, he fight through hmm? both world wars? Yep, he's a wow, junior God. officer. Most of those guys were. So if you're a senior o- in, in the German military in the U.S. military, Eisenhower is a Republican. Yep, he is a Republican. He comes in. He he at the start of, he's in the Philippines under MacArthur, right? And he gets pulled out of the Philippines right before the Japanese invade. Mm-hmm. And he's like a colonel, maybe or a major. So he goes from a major, or I guess probably a colonel by then, a colonel to a five-star general in like three years, right? That's 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 okay. pretty good. So is he affluent or is he? No, nope, he comes out of poor poor means. He's, he's got, a badass. All right, he poor means, but he was very politically savvy and he was very level-headed. So you asked earlier about the like the the <clears throat> moderate general, I guess mm-hmm. he was it. He was not. There are a lot of arguments. A lot of anti. Because yeah,
0: when I say Republican, I mean, I'm, I understand that, like, we had a 90% tax rate, marginal tax rate. So then people are paying that, like, will they get closer to, like, a 20 or 30% tax rate? Like, he's he's more along the lines of what, you know, kind of like someone like Bernie Sanders or someone like that would say. So it's really weird to see that distinction. The things that he put in place are now deemed as socialism. Like, what, how did he get away with it?
1: Because he was... General Eisenhower. He won World oh, War II. Okay. Right so, so he won who's World gonna, War II, he's badass. If you, if you if Bernie Sanders won the war in, on terror, so so that's all, so I guess then I'm, he would be able to do whatever he wanted as the the guy in charge.
0: So for people that are watching, to kinda of have some nuance to these things, it's kind of what you've done. So if you've Yeah. If you happen to win some wars. So it doesn't really matter if you if you group so so the the this dude's a badass sentiment so gets you a long way this dude, especially in America when it shouldn't, it should be policy.
1: Sure. (laughs) Yeah. No, it should. No, it should. But if you're, so you're a political kid, you, you work on campaigns, Mm -hmm. right? Who is going to win some bureaucrat or the guy who won world war two. Oh, world war two is going to win. Right. And, and really, I mean, when you
0: say it like that,
1: it's just, if you're, if you think about who, even now, if like, if Petraeus, Maybe not Petraeus, but if some no, <laughs> he had a chance back in the day, but yeah, he don't you know, have a chance now. He might not, but if you I can't even think of like a famous he's just the only general I could think of who's real that like you have right name recognition. Mattis. I mean he's got a cool name. He does. So General Mattis. But other than that. General Mattis. The okay. the, the, the I could see Secretary Matt- of Defense. If he decided to run for president, he would have a claim to the job that most people don't because he has he was a famous general. Let's get into the he, like
0: I feel like that's like Roman Empire stuff. That's what scares me about that. Is it's like that when you say General Petraeus or Mattis even then, like I'm thinking Pompey. Sure. Like this is getting sure. this is getting back to like aristocratic sure type forms of government, which we were supposed to be whole, wholeheartedly against. Yep. You know how many? Scary though.
1: Uh, let, let me think. So Washington was a general.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Adams was not. Jefferson was not. Madison was mm, he's. Monroe was for sure, mm-hmm. right? Monroe was. Jackson was. Uh, so you... Harrison was. Grant was. Garfield was. Yeah. Um, Eisenhower was.
0: So, so I guess... Uh, we like electing... Public, public sentiment be damned. Uh, do
1: we really need military leaders in to political... Be- or should it be? I think, so, like Eisenhower, what he had said—if you—if you listen to his his farewell address, he made some kind of comment.
0: We, we actually want to pull that up, Josh. Can you go ahead and start?
1: We we yeah. I watched that yesterday uh, for the first time. I've read in your political science class? No, I just watched it last night. Saying we were going to talk about today. Oh, you, really? Uh, I've never watched. Sat down and watched the whole thing. I've watched Eisenhower's it.
2: farewell address.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, no. Try not to pull up. Look it's at like the part 15 minutes where long. he
0: addresses the military-industrial
1: complex. It's towards the end, because it's so long. fascinating tidbit. I was. In an article written by uh, somebody whose name I can't pronounce, Okay. Binoy Camp 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 Mark, whatever. So, what in an article I was reading for this, he was originally going to say the military-industrial-scientific complex, but his science advisor, a guy named James Killian, got him to take scientific out. So general Eisenhower, in his farewell address talks about his relationship with congress so he's a uh, applies to be a midshipman or a a midshipman a cadet at the uh, military academy west point then as time goes on he's a you know as a general so when you're a general that's a very political position right most people don't realize you're appointed by congress the president signs off on it so and then your jobs are approved by congress so you can get you know you you it's all on the whim so it's very very political job even today today yep. same thing you still get appointed by congress you still if you're an admiral and akin you want, to it's running for office it is akin to running for office who you know are you that kind of guy you fit in their mold right and then as an aside how that ties back into the military industrial complex when many generals and admirals leave they go work for the rand corporation or they go work for they retire and then now now they're a lobbyist for a defense contractor so it's like a you know a revolving door system um so if we go back real quick world war Two ends right world war ii ends um eisenhower is chairman of, or uh, he becomes chairman of the joint chiefs of staff then he so he's working kind of for truman truman's uh, the president at the time um then he retires and he goes to columbia so he's kind of out of the picture at, at this moment in history he's uh, the president of columbia <laughs> he university moves. Okay. He, he goes to be the president of columbia university so it's nineteen or nineteen forty-seven, they or forty-eight, they create this document. Got like Secretary of State, not Secretary of Defense. He wasn't even invited in on this, but Secretary of State, like Secretary of the Treasury, um, and then a bunch of bureaucrats sit down and create this document called NSC sixty-eight. It spells out what the U.S. response should be to communism mm. across the board. So there's a thing. Do you, have you ever heard of the Truman Doctrine? Okay, Truman Doctrine. Right. So the Truman Doctrine was. That we are going to stop the spread of communism. Cosm- communism has spread to wherever it's at, but where it's at is where it's staying. No further, right? So, the Iron Curtain, right? The the Warsaw Pact doesn't really come out until a little bit later. But the Warsaw Pact is, you know, Eastern Europe, North Korea, those are fine. China had it had become a communist state by then; those were all fine. But that's it. Any place mm-hmm. else, we will meet that with force. So to get this approved by President Truman. Um, Secretary of State presents him three options. The first option, complete withdrawal. All U.S. forces around the world, we're leaving, we're gonna leave the world to its devices, and we're out. Second option, nuclear war with the Soviet Union right now. No, not that option. Right? Well, we didn't have, they didn't have any nuclear weapons, so we had nuclear weapons, oh, they, didn't, they had still nothing.
2: not that option.
1: But that was an option, so these are two options. So pull back, go home, nuke Russia, right, two options. Third option, build the military, and meet resistance, you know. So expand the military with budget, resistance. right? M- meet their resistance with a limited resistance um, and de-escalation of non-nuclear conflicts, but like proxy wars and stuff like that. So they pitched two horrible ideas, and then the idea that they wanted, which is kind of what bureaucrats do in the government <laughs> still today. <laughs> okay. So he approves this, and that sets the sets the ball rolling for the next till today, basically in in one way or another, especially with the military industrial complex. So out of NSC-68 comes, we're going to have a constant arms factory, or a munitions industry. Um, it's the collusion between big government and big business, right, are now intertwined. They were talking about, um, under Truman and then under Eisenhower, the missile gap and the bomber gap, right? So we don't have enough bombers, okay? We don't have enough nuclear, we don't have enough ICBMs. So they kept saying every time Okay, well, we'll spend another billion dollars. When a billion dollars is a lot of money um on more bombs. We need 1500,
0: but now we spend to so current today now we're forward. Um like was it really like 10 times more than the next country? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Oh no, probably more than that, I would say. Oh, oh my god.
0: So we I would sp- say. Can you pull that up? Josh is there any kind of
1: I know. So- I know as a naval officer. I know that the US Navy is larger than the next 10 countries navies combined i know that for sure the
0: next 10 so china russia combined
1: not individually but combined wow uh, so why what specifically uh, do you want me to look up real quick
0: like what how much does the
1: us spend like our defense budget's like 750 billion i think something
0: ridiculous billion uh let's see so we're just stockpiling these munitions.
2: Yeah, uh 639.
0: 639. Come oh, down. Billion dollars. That's a pittance. <laughs> so so we don't need this for our national
1: security. So there's argument so there's there's
0: if the world tried to attack us maybe and so even
1: then, like, we- <laughs> all right. One of the reasons why we were so successful in World War II is we were the s- last country in with the most ability to build stuff, right? So, we captured Japanese zeros, we built airplanes specifically to defeat the Japanese zero, right? We built ships that were specifically designed to defeat Japanese and German ships and whatnot, right? Tanks, we built the the technology they had already built their stuff. You look at the German armaments industry, 35, 36, 37, 38 is when they built all their stuff. Japan weren't 35. they more advanced on stuff. They had they were like they they were more advanced maybe tank per tank but they could not mass produce the tanks that they had okay and then as they they went, so they had quality not quantity but not and quantity has a quality of its own right that's a okay. saying okay. but when it comes to the <laughs> the aviation aspect for certain our aviation stuff was better but better than theirs by the end okay. especially the japanese they advanced stuff like they created the first germany created the first jet Right, jet fighter, but they couldn't mass produce it. So it didn't matter. You could get one, two, you couldn't get thousands of them, tens of thousands of them. They just couldn't do that.
0: So, so how legitimately could we scale back?
1: How many billions could we scale back? I mean, I, I'm not a budgetary kind of guy, but I would yeah. say so there's an argument. There's an argument for an Air Force, there's an argument for a Navy, right? Do you need as large of a standing army as we have? Hmm. I don't know. Sorry this is this is where I want
0: to invoke Star Wars and, and the founders. So they didn't want that large of a. The, the, no. Like,
1: the thought process. They all that. Yeah. yeah. The thought
0: process was if you have that all at somebody's disposal, you get a yep. cr- you get a crazy man in office and then it's now at his disposal. Yes. Kind of like the same premise of, of Star Wars, right? That was Emperor, Emperor Palpatine rose yes. through the Senate and he's yes. like, hey, we're going to.
1: We have a standing army. Let's go get them. Yeah, and then yes. everybody's like, woohoo, yeah. yeah. And he took Except over. the one guy who's like, oh. Yeah, right. Looking sad. But everybody else was like, There's yep. always the one guy. And then what's her name says, this is how democracy dies. Oh, yeah. A thunderous applause. Oh, man, that's scary. Yes. Do you think that's where we're at? No, I don't think we're at. I think we could be there. I don't know. In like, say, three years, four years. I think it depends on. To be 100 percent honest Mm -hmm. with you, I think it depends on who wins the next election, not uh, not who wins as much as by the margin of victory. So if President Trump wins and it's a massive electoral college victory and a popular vote victory, then he has a mandate to win. Right. If whoever his Democratic opponent wins and they win by a large popular vote victory and a large electoral vote victory, then the election is recognized by both sides as a victory for either side. If it's the same thing as it was last time, I mean, President Trump won more by a lot, you know, 300 and something, 325, I think, electoral votes to Secretary Clinton, but the popular vote was, you know, she won California, California had more votes, but if that happens again, or it's 275 to, you know, 268 or whatever it is, right, if something like that and the that could cause problems because no so, matter who like, it is so that you are talking about civil strife. Yeah. I think that would cause civil strife because no matter which side wins, right? No matter whether it's Trump Someone or can dispute the... because the other side will 100% dispute. So we need people to register to vote and you need right people to register to vote. And it needs to be an overwhelming landslide for which, and then you would have, then you would put off any sort of conflict. Then there's no reason because if it's just by a little bit and say Trump wins, well, the left will scream, that it was the Russians, and if it goes the other way and it's just by a little bit, then the right wing, Trump, the Trumpists, or whatever you want to say, the Trump supporters will yell that it was illegal, or you know, something undocumented aliens voting, right, or voter fraud, or whatever, right? They'll claim something. Or actual aliens voting, or like, actually yeah. aliens voting. That's fine too, right? They come down. <laughs> yeah, that'd they, be cool. I would vote take that. Lizard, yeah, lizard. The, the lizard Illuminati voted, and it that's one. Could be the new world order. Yep. So yeah. like. But that's what I think. I think you need a like a massive win, and then everything will be whoever it is that wins will be able to claim a mandate of the people, and that's what. We need. Mm-hmm. If we get to where it's still just like, you know, the last several elections. I guess Obama, President Obama's second term was a more substantial win, but. So, so it kind of, and th- this is
0: some of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit was like things like the Gullen Heights, Dick Cheney. So, I mean, I see these these two highly polarized sides going back at each other. But how many of those people do you think understand that a lot of those people in power are kind of in each other's ball court? Like, for example, you know, the treaty that was signed with Israel. Are you familiar with any of that?
1: Depends which treaty we're talking
0: about. Okay, so the one recognizing the Golan Heights as Israel land. Like, Mm -hmm. the UN recognized that recognizes it as syrian land um so there's all that and obviously it just happens to be there's this big swath of oil there <laughs> right mm. what's that eh. what do you mean here no eh. that's a known fact
1: i know but it eh. doesn't have
0: anything to do with it oh, oh you're joking <laughs> okay yeah of course right so so those. why would that matter right so those uh, how do we get past that like the Golan Heights, these issues, like, do the American people just need to become aware that, hey, most of this is really just who's getting what?
1: Yes. So, all right. I know I, it's a lot. That's a, that's a big question. So I'm not, if we don't talk about <laughs> specific, I don't know enough about the Golan Heights to okay. really speak intelligently on that, but if we're going to talk the greater Middle East. All right. Right. We could just talk the greater Middle there you East go. at large. Work. Um, yes. 100% the United States has done some shifty things.
0: These is where we're getting into regime change. And we're just, yeah.
1: Kinda... Yeah. In the fifties, um, there's a, the Iranian president, no, the Iranian prime minister, democratically elected. All he wanted was like a fair deal with not even a U.S. company, the, but a British basically was, I think the company morphed into BP. Um, they wanted, you want the oil? Just, we want half, just put the profits with us. And then, the predecessor we're like BP no. was like no, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> we don't like that idea. So, but the you're, guy in charge, of, you're all terrorists now. Actually, and... well, you're all communists. Oh, the terrorists back okay. then. You were a communist. because okay. um, could you look up Josh? What the president that we overthrew as Operation Ajax, 1956ish, I think. Yeah, we overthrew this guy. Most, mo, some of them. Most, mo. I don't know. I can't think. I have too many names in there. Mostami but he gets overthrown and they say he's a communist. Mm-hmm. So T- Teddy Roosevelt's grandson is a CIA guy and he goes in and overthrows this guy. Then they create, they put the Shah in charge, right? Brutal dictatorship for the next 25 years until the rise of Islamic, Islamic extremists, extremists force the Shah to flee and then you have the Iran the way it is today. So, so that's the
0: disconnect. Do people not realize we actually have funded these? Like, okay, so if you think about the a terrorist or a communist, whatever these names are, sure. that you just insert just insert, insert, insert moment ins- fear monger of the fear monger bad guy. Yep. So, I guess the disconnect then is to allow the American people to understand, like, hey, we're we're actually some people in our administrations are empowering powering what you deem to be your enemy. Yes. And yes. generally, it's really not even the people of those countries that they're like, Hey, what, you know, yes, they're kind of throwing their hands up and they, and we find the most ruthless group. Yes. It's like if they came over here and put all the flat earthers
1: in charge. Right. Sure. So it's, we, (laughs) the U S, um, as long as you are our dictator, you could be a brutal dictator. And up until the fall of the Soviet union, if you were an anti-communist dictator, we didn't really care what you did. didn't matter. You could do whatever you wanted to your people. That's terrible. Um, and we would support you across the board. Just be our guy. Don't turn calm. Don't turn red. Don't let your people turn red. Okay. If you want to murder, you know, put people in prison, torture, disappear folks. That's fine. Um, the Rambo movies, right? Mm-hmm. The Rambo three, right? I'm not familiar with Rambo okay. three. He goes to Afghanistan, <laughs> right? And at the end of it or the beginning of it, it says to the brave Mujahideen fighters in Afghanistan because this is the eighties. Oh, yeah, yeah. This the, is the eighties. The Muhajim was were our our allies
0: at that yeah, point. Yeah, right.
1: So this is the eighties, and they're mm. fighting the rush, the Soviets. Right. That's they're fighting the Soviets. So we're bankrolling them. So now we're we're
0: the was Al Qaeda and those groups. Now no, this is where I'm getting. We're Al Qaeda. So Al the mujahedin. I know, right? That, but was was that the yes, same thing? So people's? Bin
1: Laden was one of those Mujahideen fighters. Oh, okay. That's right? He was one, one of those guys we were bankrolling. Then, twenty years later, uh, or not even fifteen years later, you get nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Same set of guys. Same set of guys. Same, you know, same guys in charge in Afghanistan. Right. So one, and it's been like that. You know, um, For probably like four the guy months. in Panama, whose, whose name escapes me, Manuel Noriega. Yeah. Right. He was our guy. He was he was our guy in, in Panama. Eh, so what if he was a drug dealer? Didn't matter. He was our guy. And then the Cold War ends. We don't need you down there anymore. Thanks. for Thanks. We appreciated your time. Now you're going to go to jail in Miami for dealing drugs. Oh, man. Right. Or for being a drug runner. We did that all over the world. And we cre- we created many a civil war um, and many. You know, we don't like to look at it. Um, but many a death is on the hands of American foreign policy across the world.
0: Right. So how do we, I mean, is it just strictly knowledge? We have to vote for the right people. It but seems even if it, you
1: vote for the right people, I don't think that would change anything, to be honest, because mm-hmm. the, it's so deep. Right. So if tomorrow, if tomorrow, who's your candidate of choice? I'm a Bernie Sanders guy. All right. So if Bernie Sanders wins. Mm-hmm. Right. And he says, all right, all U.S. troops are coming home on Thursday. Right. Mm-hmm. Get on boats. We'll transport you home. Do you think the world would be better or worse? Right, like that void. Yeah, okay, we it, would create a vacuum. We would and create. Who a, fills that vacuum? Correct.
0: So yes, I do understand you can't just absolutely pull out. But but to date, the reasons for supporting certain groups over the other, are, are generally financially motivated, not for diplomatic reasons. So so we we haven't really armed the good guys of these regimes. Well, it depends on what you consider the good
1: guys and the bad guys. That changes all the time. Right. Well, but, from a geopolitical standpoint, right. So precedent
0: re- says it changes because, because you had you okay. So for example, al Assad, sure, not a good guy at all. Mm-hmm. But when we armed the Free Syrian Army, mm-hmm. which they were the Free Syrian Army, they just were a very smaller group than the the crazies, right? Yep. And they quickly got taken over. Yep. So, so we armed ISIS. Yeah. So to some extent, by hook or crook. Well, I mean, okay. So this is where <laughs> this is where I get. Two things. So either our leaders are incompetent, which I find hard to believe,
1: or they did it on purpose. I think part of it is the law of unintended consequences, right? It's very hard to look five moves ahead. Right. Really? It is. Well, because you're looking at so many different factors. <laughs> well, but there were reports from the
0: CIA. So they were saying, hey, if yeah, we... Yeah, but there we... were
1: reports from the CIA saying that Iraq had... Right, okay. Of mass so this gets
0: into where it's really not... There's not really... Bad guys are good. Like it's a uh, it's more. Well, no, there's absolutely bad guys. I'm not saying there's not, but right. But um, there's a line, right? So so this gets into the point where, from a. So there were reports saying, hey, if you only arm these Free Syrian armies, and you do not give them support on the ground, that they will most assuredly be overwhelmed by these other forces. And everybody was like shrug, and they just did it anyway. Yes. Okay.
1: So part of that is. It, it, it's showmanship, right? Part of it is we don't want to get involved in another war in the Middle East. Part of it is campaigning. If you look at when all of when we armed these guys, it was in the Romney-Obama um, campaign. And Romney uh, pressured President Obama on being weak as, as a military guy, right? He, he had the surge. There was other geopolitical things going on. So he didn't want to look weak. But he doesn't really want to get involved in Syria, right? So but those are all. So, so that's what I'm saying with the
0: president. Those are all. Those have nothing to do with those people over there. I mean, I guess. I guess if anything, I would say you, we pull out the troops and, like, so it's it's either versus continuing bad policy for the wrong reasons continuously, or eventually we have to rip the Band-Aid off and yeah. let those countries do. Do we not feel like these people could? come to their senses and, and install a proper government like if we can't give aid to the to the legitimate people
1: we could but who says that the aid you give is to the legitimate people because any aid we give mm-hmm. automatically skews we're buying that person well
0: I, again and I understand right? there they might be a, a little
1: bit they got to be our guy to get aid now is somebody that's well, our guy going to be recognized by the people
0: our guy historically has been the guy who's given us the oil, the whatever we want. Sure. Right. <laughs> sure. So it's it's more of like we're taking it all of it. So Egypt is a good
1: example, right? Okay. Uh, um
0: oh, I, can't, I can't think of his name. Pull up the Egyptian leader. Yeah. So was, he's
1: so Mubarak... Was the dictator of Egypt for a long time. Yeah. And then they got a democratically elected. Then they got who was who was affiliated with the Muslim Brotherhood. So that's a recognized terrorist organization by the United States. Mm-hmm. We don't like him. Then there was a coup. And the guy who winds up being in charge now was a graduate of the Army's War College. Or Staff and General College in, in Kansas. Right, He was our guy.
2: Hmm. Now
1: he's the president of Egypt. And
2: Egypt is an important place. Yeah, uh, yeah. Abdel Fatah uh, El Sisi. Yeah. I'm, I'm El-Sissi. definitely El-Sissi. Uh, slaughtering the name. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah. he's our,
1: he's our guy. He's he's our guy right. in Egypt, right? Is he the Egyptians' guy? No, they voted in a guy. So that I was So I feel the like the Egyptians
0: also have another person
1: that <laughs> they would rather have in charge. Yeah, he's sitting in a jail someplace. Right. That they threw him in jail when the other guy had the coup when El hmm. Sisi took over. If that guy's still alive, I'm not even sure if the. Could you look up who the president was before? A sissy. I don't remember. What his name I also
0: is. forget his name. Um, I, I guess my point being is there seems to be zero effort into putting into finding a legitimate leader for these people, or or, or supporting sure. what would be their grassroots candidate, someone sure. that's not uh, sure. I you think know.
1: the Arab Spring took everybody by surprise. Mm-hmm. Like there was no all of a sudden that was just happened. you had these revolutions throughout the Middle East. Um, I don't think we were prepared for that. And if you're not prepared for that, you don't have people sitting in place. Well, we um, have – we have we spend more
0: than – so, so these are the, the things. Like, so, for example, when the Free Syrian Army rose up mm-hmm. against al Assad Shirt, that was if, – if there were anybody that was really taking, you know, interest in what's good for the Syrian people, then we would have helped them in some capacity. Sure. But – Except for just giving him a bunch of weapons that we Assad, knew would fall into enemy hands, that's
1: you know don't forget, don't forget, Assad was our guy too. He was better. We considered him better than his father. He's not my guy, but he was the U.S.'s <laughs> guy. Right. He was considered better than his father. He was expected to be a reformer. He's an op- ophthalmologist or an obstetrician, mm-hmm. some kind of an eye surgeon. Like
0: he's you die the hero or you live long enough to, to see be yourself. a villain. That, yep. Yep. That's just yep.
1: And he was. He but he was bad. our guy um, for a while, and then. Then he wasn't all of a sudden. Okay. There's... there's so, the Middle East is kind of messed up. I don't want to go on another historical rant. Hmm. Post-World War I, or during... Lawrence of Arabia? Ever heard of him? I am. Um... Okay. So, there were deals made with the Arabs in the Middle East about how the Middle East was going to be carved up after World War I. Mm-hmm. Right? Made locally. And even made from the government of England, too these guys right so we, we again we, we start getting into deals so as, as far
0: as the american people go like what do we do to stave this off is it insurmountable i don't believe anything's insurmountable i think we can you would
1: need such a higher level of education of important things that i don't think people are going to get in our we don't want that in our society mm-hmm. we don't want the government doesn't really want they want us to be Smart enough to do whatever job they want us to do. Right, right, right. They don't want us to be particularly rocket scientists. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't need a whole everybody to be super smart. I don't think. I mean, it's just my opinion. Right? They don't really want that. Well, no, we don't. They don't want that. They don't but, want. But that. if we right. if we start elected like leaders but that even are, if do, even if we do, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If we do, you know how many people <clears throat> are employed in the defense industry? Mm. Me neither. But I bet it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, right? It's ten times more than. Anybody then else. you would think, and there's you know, much money. If there's the budget is six hundred thirty million dollars, or excuse me, six hundred thirty billion dollars, I would say a court uh, somewhere between around a half of it is in buying new stuff, right? That's a huge boon to the economy. It's huge. That's jobs. Those, and if you look at where things are built, congressmen aren't stupid. Or, you know, the, the defense industry isn't stupid. They spread out their production so that mm-hmm. they're over dozens of states and in different counties and whatnot. So you get in districts. So if you're going to cancel the joint strike fighter project, you're going to lose jobs, not just in one state. You're going to lose jobs across the country. Right. So they're not dumb.
0: So if, okay. So for example, if you, if there is a candidate that's saying, Hey, we're going to, we're going to take from this. We're not, we're not going to continue spending as much in this area, which we don't need to. Sure. And then we're going to spend that on, instead of teaching you how to make, tanks and all this stuff then we're gonna we're gonna learn how to build bridges and send people to trade schools
1: and sure so there is a been has been an argument that you can't do guns and butter right you can but do you can't what guns and butter right that was a thing back in guns the day. and butter butter like butter okay and toast Got you enough. can do domestic things or you can build an army you can't do both what can't you do don't have the money there's a limit. Of of money. Of money we
0: just spent, we just said we, we spent ten but,
1: times more than any other but, group. But, we're also in debt up to our eyeballs. Right. We have like a $20 trillion deficit. We're continuing that. So where'd that money go? I don't know. I have no idea. I wish Panama I
0: papers. That's I don't know. Where, so you, have you heard of the Panama? Yeah, papers? I've heard of that. Okay. Yeah. So, oh yeah. But that's not, so when do we, money,
1: we're not doing a, it. We've had, we're a, not going, but nobody cares. Politicians don't care. No, don't both care. parties are like, oh, we don't want because you know we're what about it is? to find out. Have you ever heard of uh, you George Carlin? Yes. He had a whole thing. NIMBY, not in my backyard. Right? So I don't care what you do, but don't build it in my backyard, right? Same thing. I, you can cut a government program, but not my government program, right? So if you are one of the 20 million people working in the defense industry, totally made up number, just throw a number out there. You don't want them to cut government spending cuz that's your job.
0: Right? Right. Well, that's where you take one for the team. That's but, where you, But what's going to happen? That's so, where
1: you're going to take one of the team. You're going to have, you're going to. Well,
0: hey, if that's easy, right? Every, anytime they we talk about doing some in- infrastructure that it'll do some job, what's the answer for that? They're like, well, go get another job. So why can't that same logic it, be no, applied no, to that? I'm not them? saying it
1: doesn't. It should, but you're uh, um, uh, a person with three kids, right? Mm-hmm. Married with three kids, right? And they're just going to fire you. You're going to be, you're going to be mad about that, right? Oh, okay. So... You're, you, hold on. You're going to be upset about that, right? <laughs> Would you agree that all of a sudden you got fired because we're not going to support, we're not going to build M1A1 tanks anymore? I guess what I'm saying
0: is, I mean, I see that the way you're putting the, the question, but I think if people understand, like, hey, this is not necessarily, it's kind of you're, you're shooting your, yes, you have a job, you're yes. an employee, but you're shooting yourself in right, the foot. Right, but of-
1: you're looking, you're asking people mm-hmm. to look above their self-needs. and Nobody does that. Uh, you're looking at people to look at the greater good. People right, don't want right, right, to right. look at the greater good. And then if you want to look at the greater good, I well, just it's I, I think I think people I think and maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. It's my opinion. People tend to be a little selfish, right? We all look out for ourselves, right? We like to think we don't, but we all kind of at some level look out for number one without stepping in number two, right? That's kind of to to a certain extent. But a certain there's extent. a point where obviously if you're it becomes, married with a couple of kids, completely greedy. your focus is on making sure your kids have something to eat, right? Right. Now you get fired because some politician cut your government. Your defense contract, and you were making two hundred grand a year because mm-hmm. those are well paid jobs, right? And now you lost that job. You should have saved. Should have. Shouldn't have. <laughs> you, should, you should have been living within your means. You should well, have had a budget. No, I'm serious though. But these,
0: but that's kind of the argument. So I, I see what you're saying, but I think if if the American people knew that these things were going on, sure, as a whole, and I think that's possible. We live in the age of information. We can look. We up do live any in the age of, of information.
1: Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But you then the the the, the a counter argument would be. If you're going to fire these people, what are they going to do?
0: Okay, exactly. That's the counter argument to that is is now we invest in infrastructure. So you're telling me you could build that tank, but you can't build a bridge? Like, in fact. Two different skills. You're, I'm sure they could figure it out. But it's working with.
1: But they had a great job. I don't, well,
0: now they have a new great job building bridges instead of tanks. Really? You're going to get paid as much building bridges as you will building a tank? Well, I
1: don't know. At least you're not going to be. <laughs> I agree with you what know, you're saying. It would be great. Killing, like, killing kids overseas I, and stuff. 100%, man. And, and we're only going more towards that. We're, if anything, going to get worse because we're doing unmanned drones. We're working on building. Like, getting worse with the military? Our ability and... to kill folks overseas. For no reason. For limited reasons. Limited, okay. Is rising exponentially as you're no longer risking American pilots or American soldiers. Right. Once we're able to transition to pinpoint targeting with a drone with 100% accuracy, we'll be killing people all over the
0: place. So do you think, and, I, and maybe I'm too optimistic, do you think tomorrow, if the, tomorrow. If the majority of Americans understood that some of what we've discussed, that they would be okay with it? I,
1: long, think, I think I it takes... As this. long as it didn't cost them their jobs. If you're going to cost people their, their livelihood, they will be against it. Right or wrong, but okay. right or wrong.
0: Hey, look up how much the defense industry, like how many people would employees. because I'm, I know, I mean, it is a large number of people, but it's nowhere near, like. I bet it's more than you think. I bet it's more than anyone thinks. But <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, is yes, that the, that segment would be out of jobs, but those people, I would, I would say that those people could find jobs building that's, infrastructure and other things. Those programs, like you got like Elon Musk, man, he's trying to build tunnels for super those, fat. Like
1: they could do something like that. Sure, if you lived in California. If you live in well, Iowa, we need those.
0: T- this is like the new railroad. We got to be visionaries.
1: I, I get it, but if you live in Iowa <laughs> and you are go to job a place around the block from you, you know, right at the road, you're making widgets for the the army. You, know, you know, now, now you make new widgets. That'd be great. I think that, but I, we have not done a good job. We got to an answer. If you listen to Andrew Yang, you're know, familiar with him. In yeah,
2: there? I did. Um, what we got? I'm trying to look at the numbers. So yeah. See, over, I'm going to say it's like 2.3 billion, or million. Uh, uh, This is just the U.S. military, so it's not including like private sector, which is, you know, like your, your Halliburton. Uh, just the US military alone uh, over uh, uh 1.4 million
1: 1.4 I shot oh, I overshot yeah, But by that's two... just that's just active duty military correct right okay but that's that so those are the, the the war fighters so
0: how much is private but but my, my I guess what I'm saying is
1: private sector is going to be around guys. that
0: it's we have 320 million Americans
1: i bet the people working in the defense industry cuz you're looking at all of the components even if it's even if it's not like You've, have you have have ever been on a military base i haven't right there are Sorry, there are tons of folks. There are more people. Oh, I mean, well, there are more yeah, people working on there, the base, right? Than there are people in uniform. Right, you got
0: the stores, the, the stores, and everything
1: yeah. like that. Yeah. All of that stuff is all contracted out.
2: So, wow, what is the number? So I'm trying to. Th- it, I can't find and the, the, the total number that's how about how many people form?
1: work for Boeing? Oh my! Oh, well, actually, Lockheed what, yeah. and Martin. or Lockheed
2: Martin
0: yeah. or. Yeah. Well, okay, so but Lockheed Martin don't doesn't just make. Uh, jet engines and stuff for military purposes. They make them for NASA and stuff too, right?
2: Well, yeah, Boeing uh, employs 145,000, but they also uh, they also have jobs contracted out. Like I worked for this uh, company, uh, it was worked with Dell, uh, we did uh, mm-hmm. uh tech support for Boeing employees. So, you know what I mean, there's a lot of, you know, contractors and Right. You know I what I, mean? I guess
0: my point is we get into the the thought process of without war, without doing this, then we don't have this. And that's not, that's no, a, I agree. No, all right, so like a slip premise. It's a, it's a lot. It's a illogical argument.
1: I agree. Argument. So it would be nice. I agree if people knew. And then if there was a specific plan to say, okay, you made 200 grand here, you're going to make 175 grand here. Mm-hmm. Here is a clear pathway. You're going to do this, 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 and then you're going to have this job over here. Right. And you're going to pay down the deficit with the money you're saving. I think you could sell that. I think you could pitch thats that. Is that- that's mostly what Bernie Sanders is saying, right?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, are you talking I,
1: about paying down the deficit?
2: I would agree. I mean, like I was saying, so you—if uh, you get these defense contractors that was working on fighter jets to work on commercial airlines and uh, uh, transport airlines, I meant. You know what I mean? Like, couldn't they couldn't they have an easy transition on a lot of things? I don't know about tanks though, because like tanks, that's it's kind yeah, of you military can military specific. But.
1: I mean, there I feel are, like this is like dodgeball. If you can build a tank, you can build a sure a plane. Right? I mean, that's how it was back <laughs> in the day, right? We built cars, then we switched over to making tanks, then we went back to making washing machines, right? Like, right. What is a possible. tank
0: if not an armored car? Okay, that's pretty much what it is.
2: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> armored van. It's an armored, armored van, van. <laughs> with tracks. It's, it's an armored tractor. That's what it, it is. Okay. Yeah. Armored tractor. So yeah, you can that make, might be you a, can more make apt a lot more distinction. A lot more like Bulldozers. Okay. Switch over to a bulldozer. Caterpillar could buy it.
0: So now we're seeing with the military-industrial complex. <coughs> so we, we, there's only so many tanks and and weapons of war we can build. Mm-hmm. So now we're seeing a like a I don't know infiltration of. We see some of our city cops rocking some of these. Like you sure. mentioned, the what's the The
1: militarization of police?
0: Yeah. What's the vehicle? AMRAP. Yeah
1: um what do you think about that i think that's a horrible idea it's very bad i think that's that is a bad bad way to go i was reading an article on my phone the other day some girl 18 years old 19 years old sitting in her house Mm -hmm. in her house mind her own business sitting in her house her boyfriend fiance, whatever is taking the garbage out local cops swat uh u.s marshals and agents from homeland security Mm-hmm. Come to her house, right? Arrest the kid on the front steps. Arrest his friend that's with them. Is anybody in the house? Yes, my girlfriend's in there. Are there any weapons? Yes, there's a shotgun in the living room. Okay, they kick in the front door. The girl grabs a shot. No idea what's going on. Grab a shotgun. Turns, the cops shoot her four times. Not the, none of the sheriffs. Like none of my guys fired. He blamed it on the U.S. Marshals and the. They were looking for mm-hmm. the guy who's arrested on the front porches. Uncle, you know where he was. He was already in jail. They arrested him the day before. Oh my, God. oh, my God. So this girl took four took four rounds, right? And she thought it was an intruder or something. She thought it was an intruder. She had no idea. She took four She's still alive. I mean, she was. I don't know. I'm assuming she's still alive. I didn't say anything saying that she's dead. But she took four rounds. And she will probably get charged with, you know, it's not like those cops are going to get any trouble because she probably did She lived. She lived. She probably turned. And I bet she winds up getting charges pressed against her for pointing a weapon at, at police officers. Hmm. Like, that's not the way... It should be and the only reason why they went in there heavy, right? They, they should just knocked on the door or, or here's an idea. Check your paperwork. The guy's literally sitting in jail. Yeah. Your jail. Not even like, <laughs> like here's Here's an idea. Know what you're doing. Like, it's not even like he was in jail in like, you know, Mexico. He was in their jail. Right. Like, that's crazy.
0: So as these things, I mean, do you think do you think as people see these and it was funny because John Oliver did a piece on this. If any, I can't think of exactly what it's titled, but if you go find it, it's good. Um, but there's a couple kids and they're driving down the road and they see this big what was the ARAB? What's it? The MRAB. Like MRAB. Okay. The big is that the tank with yeah, it's
1: like a personal carrier.
0: Personal carrier Over, overseas, yeah. it has the like the 50 cal mount mm-hmm. not right? Okay. Um, that thing, but in a uh, in a uh, that capacity. But they the look at keeping. it in a police, yeah. And they, they looked at it, and they're like, whoa, dude, they're like, that's cool, it's totally rad. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And then one guy, like, it gets real quiet in the car. And then one of the guys says, I don't know, dude, that's kind of fucked up. And yeah. and, and, he, and John Oliver starts making jokes about it, of course. He's like, re- realize what you're like, oh, awesome, wait a minute, what is that doing here? Yep. Why do we need that? Yep.
1: And that- why do, why does a place like... Like Lebanon.
0: That's where we get into the Samuel ja- or Samuel Jackson, <laughs> Samuel Adams. Uh, when, when he said, you know, what if, what are these, if not weapons of war yeah. implemented to, yep, you know,
1: yep. And it's not, it's dangerous. It creates fear. It creates accidental shootings. It creates, Hey, we have this. Let's roll it out then. Right. There's a riot. Get the, get the, get the stuff,
0: hmm.
1: bring that out. It'll calm them down. Oh, yeah. No, it's not a right. de-escalate. You, it, right. It'll de-escalate the situation. Overwhelming show of force will de-escalate the situation. When? When does that ever happen? Mm.
0: Like when we threw snowballs at the British troops at yeah. the Boston Massacre. Yeah, yeah, that worked out
1: all right. That worked yeah. That right. was fine. It was fine. Yeah. yeah nobody Just got killed in that fomented either. Just it into a, yeah. no, that, a revolution. That, nothing happened <laughs> out
0: of that. That was totally cool. So, so okay. So, if you if you start, do police departments, like what is that? Is it a... Is it a sentiment? Is it does it come from American exceptionalism? Does it come from the the you're the army of one? What do you think about that? Do you think that? I'm sure you meet guys because there's this there's this thought process of uh, you know everybody in the military is is like a Republican or a, you know, um, I mean I I know certain people that believe this way. I guess what I'm saying is is there's a sentiment with some guys when they get out that seems more akin to me is like fascism, like where you submit to authority. This is
1: where, where is, where's that come from? So if you get, if you enlist in the military when you're 18 years old, right? Like I did now,
0: but why did you not turn out that way?
1: Cause I don't know. How'd you turn out so good? I'm just lucky, I guess <laughs> well, part of it. So I was enlisted for a while and my jobs maybe didn't necessarily require me to be barked at with orders. Okay. Um, and then when I was an officer, you're specifically not supposed to do that. You're supposed to think. You're supposed to challenge the people above you um, to make sure that you're not doing anything wrong. Like, that's part of my my oath as an officer is to obey right. lawful orders but to question other ones, right? Um, the whole that came out of the Nuremberg Well, that's dance. everybody, isn't that, and that? That's from? No, if you're enlisted, you're supposed to follow orders. Okay. The oath of an officer, I don't – it's been a minute since I had to say it. But the their officer's oath is definitely different than an enlisted person's mm. oath. They're different. There's no, um, so if you're a
0: soldier, and you mm-hmm. see something that you don't agree with,
1: if unless it is an unlawful order, go burn that village. Right, down. Okay, then you're supposed to say something. Well, how much of this stuff is lawful? Well, it just all depends. Oh. right. So that's where it gets like, where it gets blurry, right? right? Um, you know, have you ever heard of the My Lai massacre? Mm-hmm. Right, no, so that's Vietnam, Vietnam right? Yep, yeah. Vietnam era thing. Um, the guys on the ground were told by You know, there was a general flying in a helicopter above them. There is no one in there that is not an enemy. You have unrestricted weapons free. Everyone can be killed in that area.
0: Mm -hmm. It's all mostly women and kids.
1: All women and children. And these guys went crazy. But they were following orders, right? Should the, the lieutenant on the ground have said, whoa, stop, right? Should he? Yes. Did he? No. Right. You know, now had... Had they called in, had the lieutenant called in an artillery barrage on the area or napalmed it, that would have been fine. That would have been totally cool. Well, I would have been totally (laughs) sarcastic. You're not. It it would not have been as big of a deal. Because they would have not known. You wouldn't have known. And the only reason why anybody even found out is there was a helicopter pilot flew in that was not part of this unit. To like extract somebody he's like
0: what the fuck are you guys doing and
1: said what the fuck are you guys doing and like he stood physically stood yeah i between, saw the
0: documentary i forgot about the the yeah,
1: pilot he stood in between those guys getting ready to massacre a group of people and the people getting massacred like he physically stood in between them and yeah. said, you're gonna have to kill me too that and then he when he went back would not let it go away so why are
0: more soldiers akin to to, to go the line of that it's self-preservation. Part of it is,
1: you know, you, it's easier to get along and get along, right? Yeah. So, to do what you're told. Part of it, especially in Mili, you had a 19 or 20-year-old officer and a 21-year-old sergeant, and let me tell you something. It's like 19-year-old boys should not be in charge of anything, let alone w- other 18-year-old boys. I was about right? to
0: say, what is that movie where they, they attack each other? and uh, Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're in a Lord of the Flies situation. 100%. Hundred percent. And Vietnam was, was they just banned smoking to twenty one for Yeah. So so you can you can command troops and Well you can't now. Carderal. You can't now. Okay, that's not a, that's not now. Okay. But
1: you can be twenty two. You're not that much more mature at twenty two. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you go you get your degree, then go to OCS or whatever, go to the Naval Academy or the West Point or whatever, you come out when you're twenty two years old, go through some additional training, and then you're a platoon leader twenty three years old. Now wow. The difference, though, is is that the sergeants, the NCOs, are adults. So you might be twenty two or twenty three years old, but your you know first sergeant is thirty seven with eighteen years in the military, who is specifically there to be like, sir, slow your roll, buddy. Yeah, you know he's supposed to be the adult in the room. In Vietnam, that didn't happen because of the draft and whatnot. You were drafting people in. You didn't have any the long term. The lifers were gone. Like they were not there weren't they weren't spread out evenly hmm. so you had sergeants who were only in the army for you know six months longer than the officer in charge it, especially in me those guys were all very young what do you think about guys like snowden
0: and uh you know assange people who've shed light on some chelsea of the military
2: i think what's that josh chelsea manning uh chelsea manning. chelsea manning for sure yeah yeah
1: so i think all right nuanced opinion so, sorry. Hit us. The <laughs> Snowden. So, I have no problem with the WikiLeaks guy at all. So, 100%. That He is a civilian, putting online stuff that he has the ability. Now, whether he did whatever he, you know, accused in Sweden and sexual stuff, I have no idea. And I don't, that's not my problem. You know, that's, but if, as far as him posting stuff on WikiLeaks, that is 100% within his right to do. He got it. He's no different than any other reporter posting a scoop. So, that's my You are, I don't, didn't work in the NSA, I don't know. So, but I'm, I did work in the military and I did have top secret, the high, you know, one Clearance. of the, the higher clearances that you could get, right? Top secret, sensitive, compartmentalized information, right? Mm-hmm. So I had access to a bunch of stuff. But in that access, you are specifically told if you don't have a need to know it, you don't look it up. And you sign all sorts of stuff saying, don't look at stuff that doesn't pertain to your job. So I have a problem with... Both of them, especially Manning, um, looking at stuff that was not in her purview initially. now she found stuff she wanted to post it. that's fine I get that's not, I mean that's I think that's wrong. I think that the information is good that it got out. I think the way she did it was wrong. There are whistleblower avenues even in the military there are. But, to put just because you get like you if you took a thumb drive, like i i there are secret computers and there are non secret computers, and you can't even take like a thumb drive from one to the other like that's against the rules, like you'll get in serious trouble just taking like a document right they're totally separate systems, mm-hmm. so you had to know that you were taking a thumb drive, plugging it in, and downloading all this information,
0: so where does it get to the point where you know?
1: From and, and I like to go back, a lot of people don't research the
0: founders. I seem to think that there's a lot of this stuff that they've been like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah. Everybody slow down. This is where I, they're the ones that wrote the cons- Constitution. This is where I get, I believe, the overall truth. That's what the law is. Sure. If there's something you think that is anywhere n- near gearing towards fascism, uh, uh, you know, people being out of line, killing depriving other people of, you know, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, those things, those things to me are what reigns supreme. So like the the gentleman that, that stood in between the soldiers mm-hmm. doing the massacre, I find that she is on the same level with them. Like it what they did might have been out of bounds. From a it, it gets into like kind of a legal perspective. So so some people would say like it's like when state laws don't trump federal laws. Like so so a cop can arrest you for whatever he wants. He like literally like you can go out and murder somebody but is it legal later? That's the you know Mm -hmm. people (laughs) often see these videos with the cops where they um, you know, they'll arrest these people and they're like, well they can do it. He did I'm like, yeah, they but that guy got sued and that department got sued and taxpayers paid out for that mistake. So I guess my point is is yes, they can do it, but where are those lines? Like, do we need more? You said there's avenues for whistleblowers. Mm-hmm. Do we need more avenues? How safe is it? If you if you saw, for example, like what was the one of the most famous videos? The AC-130 that was taken out the the wedding party. If you saw something like that, how safe would it be for you to come forward?
1: So I, yeah, <laughs> I mean. I don't know. Cause I never saw stuff like that. So I don't I mean like you would kick it. The problem is you're only supposed to look, she would have, she would have gotten in trouble. Actually to her defense. She would have gotten in trouble by whistleblowing it because she was not supposed to be looking at that. She was only supposed to be focusing on whatever her niche was. I don't know how she came about it. Did she, did she? it's, it's all on there. That's it's like, it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can
2: actually it's, speak on that. So, uh, okay. she, uh, she was actually turned in by Adrian Lamo and I actually uh, knew him personally. Um, actually talked to point up to the point that he that he died and that was actually his argument is he was concerned uh, that, that was the reason why he turned him in because I think he was a contractor for uh, the military security or something and uh he said he was concerned about you know her de- digging through she was talking to him he was a confidential informant and then he ter- turned him in because he she, he was worried that him, her just indiscriminately releasing that information to the public could cause issues now I don't know I think I read the there's nobody harmed doing that so i i I literally said no one was was harmed doing what oh nobody was harmed from uh, from the information that was released well the people that got blown up well yeah of course right sure but she
1: (laughs) but he's saying that nobody died as a result of her releasing the information
0: right Oh, okay. So he's talking about like outing uh, CIA officers right. and things like that. Yeah.
1: Which which but that's worried about that would not she would not have had access. But now we're to in, that
0: now we're exactly but now we're into the line of like that didn't happen. So we're just that's kinda like red herring right. If, you know.
1: It's when you go well the the computer system that's secret is if you have the password, you could get into pretty much anything. Um, How is this distinguished from Snowden? What do you mean? So Snowden had, he had access to the NSA spying stuff, right? So I think Snowden was a legit, he had legitimate gripe on the process. He didn't really release, I don't think, information like this spy. From
0: best I know, he didn't release any, but anything on.
1: He released like, hey, America, we're spying on everything, yeah. is what he released, and I think that's... So,
0: again, John Oliver, have you seen the the mm-hmm. interview with him? <laughs> where he's like, he goes, so you keep everything from cell phones? And and he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, and he has, John Oliver has like a little envelope, and he's like, so you mean you have pictures of this? And he hands it to him, and Odin's, Odin takes a look at it, he's like, oh my god, And it, it's, it's supposedly John Oliver's dick pics, and he's like, you have access to this? He's like, Yes. Yes. And I don't know if they if that was uh planned, yeah. but it was hilarious, regardless.
1: Yeah. I mean like, like everything goes through and the NSA sweeps it all up and they're not supposed to be allowed to use it unless you Committed crimes and Supposed then they
0: look be. back but on man, it man let's go to uh, batman let's go when remember when he's yep. trying to catch 100%, 100%, joker 100 percent i and don't Oregon think any freeman's of that's right. like
1: this is too much power for yep. one man i, I think I that it's too much power for the government to have i think that the government the whole fisa court scandal that's going on right now mm-hmm. where that's sketchy is all get out a secret court a secret court that you know yeah. that, that they that's just not transparent what is this the fisa courts uh, i don't know. I'm familiar oh, with look this. that up. It's, uh, uh,
2: yeah, it's it's basically like they can get warrants on the fly, and yep. it's like a secret court where they can get access to. Because you know, right now you you know, according to the Founding Fathers, you have to have a reason for search and seizure. So the FISA okay. court is like a way. Yeah, they're like that. in the
1: basement of some building, yeah. and it's just like, oh, you need yes. Yeah, so sure. this is, FBI,
2: you need something? Yeah, let me yeah. sign that for you.
1: Here you go.
0: So these
2: are where we get
0: into where Benjamin Franklin said, "Those who sacrifice security for." Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Okay. What was the quote? Was- if you sacrifice freedom, security for freedom, you will have neither security nor freedom. Yeah. You, you, know, just, you, like you the, deserve the, neither and we'll, it, and we'll lose both. we'll lose both. Yeah. So now we're like, when
0: do we say, like, for, the Citizens United, all these, these things are, are being implemented, you know, without putting our tinfoil hats on. Like, this it seems to be the way that I would
1: set up a dictatorship if I wanted one.
0: Yeah. This is, if I wanted to be a dictator... It's the the way that other people
1: have done it. Yeah, It's the way, if you can control the flow of information and you can control the dirt on everyone, then you have, you know, I I read somewhere, I have no idea if it's true or not, I don't know, but they were saying like, you know, the average person commits, you know, one or two crimes a month that if you really hammered them, if you really wanted to prosecute them, you could, you know.
0: I don't commit any crimes, zero months, okay? So I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, <laughs>
1: we, we all, we all do something, right? I mean, not, I not, like crime, about. not like a crime, like go out and rob a liquor store, but things that, that could be perceived if it was twisted a little bit as a crime, right? And if they have that power.
2: I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth,
1: I
0: I plead the the fifth on there's
2: that too. There's actually a lot of laws and bills that are like really like vague already. Oh, you know, and antiquated. Super vague. Like the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. Like there's so many ways that they can twist that. To prosecute you and they have and like you know what I mean there's been like murky cases where it's like well did this guy technically hack anything did he you know what I mean and it, like they still got prosecuted he so. just wandering around and so yeah this guy is, I don't know that's that's a different topic okay different yeah, topic right.
0: so military in as, as it pertains to the military industrial complex like so we have to, like let's let's go down this route if we were going to curb it mm-hmm. how would we go
1: about that? You would have to make. So before the United States became a world power, mm-hmm. the British were a world power. Right. The Pax Britannica and all that. When as they were coming down, we came up. OK, <coughs> we would need for it to be a soft landing. We would need to make a deal with China that they're going to take over the responsibility and be nice about it. Right. Um, China's how do I word this? We have (coughs) naval assets 13 miles off the coast of Iran, 13 miles off the coast of China all the time. Mm -hmm. We would never ever tolerate an Iranian ship hanging out off the coast of Norfolk, Virginia. How does China tolerate that? They they have a Navy, but it's nowhere near as capable as ours yet. Really? They don't have the abilities yet, yet, but they're building it. Their their stuff might be better than some of our stuff because it's (coughs) new. Right, they're upgrading their fleet, but we have like, again, we have the largest navy with the next ten countries combined. So that gives us the ability to project power overseas wherever we want. Um, so, like, you'd have to you'd have to make it you'd have to figure out a way to make our allies in the parts of the world that are scared of China or of Russia or of, you know, um, India, you know, that somehow they would be protected without us being there, right? I don't know if you could convince, like, so many countries. Japan's economy was able to develop. Germany's economy was able to develop because the United States protected them, mm-hmm. right? Now you're going to tell J- Japan, you're on your own. We're out. So,
0: so wait, wait, wait,
1: why does that have to be synonymous?
0: Why can't we have, and this gets in, I'm not necessarily supporting this either, but that gets into why do we even have deployments there? Which is not what I'm trying to get in. But my point is, is why does that mean we have to do both? In order to, with, say we wanted to keep ships in Japan. Sure. So we can keep the ship hips there. The, the ship hips. I don't know where I came up with that. We can keep the ships there, but why do we have to build more? Why do we have to keep spending money? Where is that a- excess going? So that
1: a ship is not particularly expensive. It's mm-hmm. the manpower of that ship and that the upkeep. is by far more expensive you know you're looking at like well the Gerald Ford the newest aircraft carrier they just built doesn't really matter it's supposed to be like 13 billion dollars it wound up costing 15 or 16 still isn't exactly right mm. um, and that's supposed to last for 60 years hmm. you know so you're already projecting that that ship's going to be floating around for 60 years right
0: um, but we're talking about when we say 654 billion you just had you had the money for that ship yeah. where's the rest of the money they how do Manpower? we power.
1: Get- Manpower. Manpower, six hundred dollar toilet seats. I feel, I feel like
0: when, when when police departments start picking up these some of this stuff that we're we're way now we're getting into like the defense spending, the, the company's doing that. Like we're just we're paying for them to buy we're we're facilitating someone else's business plan. Yes.
1: Yes we are. Okay. How do we that? I have no idea. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. So, sorry guys. We don't have any idea. Well, you could go, you would have to, you, it's, this is why we vote. If you kick it back, it's well, to me, you really, in my opinion, term limits, that's what you need. Term limits. Okay. On everyone, not on everyone. Congress, everyone, you should not be there for more than a decade because when you, if you were only there, if you were limited to, if you were a congressman or a, a member of the house and you were limited to six years, would Boeing dump suitcases of cash to you? Well, they would. Yeah. Well, first of all, it'd be at that point. But if they knew they were going to have to donate suitcases of cash to the next guy. Yeah, they could. not Right. It wouldn't be worth it. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be worth having you as my guy for the next 30 years. Right. I'm not going to camp. I'm not going to finance your campaign to the extent that I do, because you're not going to be here for 40 years. You're only going to be here for six. And I got to kick in money for a new guy. Right. Like you could limit the amount of money. That flows into business by and politics by limits. just putting, in my opinion, by just putting term limits
0: on. No, I've heard that argument. I mean, it's a good because that that
1: would have to um, just there wouldn't be any reason. Why would you? Why is a company would you want to invest that kind of money? You know, and it's a lot of money that they spend. You know, we like to think. You know, I was reading something today where what's her name? AOC was just got jammed up because some billionaire donated twenty seven hundred dollars to her campaign and she accepted it. The <laughs> Tom Stayer, the guy running for president, that's a billionaire. Yeah, gave um, her twenty seven hundred bucks to who? AOC. A- AOC. She, she rejected a- it. Nope, she accepted it. She put that right in her pocket. Can we look that up? Have you heard of this? H- we're gonna pull that AOC. up. Yeah, that's fine. But Thanks. that's a, that's a, that's a point of where hey, we're gonna. Pull. Yep. No, we're I agree. That. But I read it this morning. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Tom if, Sire. Well, to think that any of these guys I know mm-hmm. think that any of these guys and she. All right, so she is a New York politician. Do you think that she's not? Yep. She took it. That she is not going to be Bernie able, Sanders rejects it. You think that she is not going to be taking money from Wall Street on the sly in the future? Well, I can tell you this: her
0: supporters, unlike some other people, will, if that's not if she's bringing jobs to the district.
2: Oh no, man! Yeah, of, her supp- her supporters will yeah. go nuts. Yeah. Well, then they
0: should be pissed about this. <laughs> but they, they, I don't think anybody's just, talking just give about them time. It. It'll be a, so. So I mean, like Bernie Sanders turned down money from. Uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, for
1: thanks. So, so yeah, uh, that's a big core tendon, so, and that's that's honorable, right? Yeah. But and somehow he's able to get. in. But he's from a small state, not a lot of competition. He's he gets able, He's to, been he there get, for a long time. He Gets the twenty-seven dollars per on right. average, which is great, which yeah. is good, and that that is super honorable. And they, but I'm just talking about his senatorial campaigns and whatnot. Yep. He's able to stay in there for a long time. That's great. Yep. Um, if you are from a competitive state. If you're from a big state, if you're from a state that has a massive industry in it, right, Wall Street, you don't think Wall Street's going to kick cash to anyone that's running in New York?
0: So to some certain degree, at the end of the the day, this is, if uh, the American people, a sense of outrage is not all that we have to have, we have to kind of
1: outrage is nothing you need a plan
0: yeah, well, you got, not only you have to have a plan but I'm saying at the end of the day this, these things are, spo- are able to be perpetuated because we do put up with it yes yes. if um, we
1: decided tomorrow but there's no political will but if we as people right. decided so I think part of the problem is um, I'm going to go way back in history in the Roman Empire right right before okay. Julius Caesar like took over as dictator there were systemic problems for about 100 years hmm. right about 60 years uh, systemic problems that need to be changed. They And everybody knew they needed to be changed. There were two political parties, and neither political party wanted the other party to take victory. So they refused. One, these, This idea is fantastic. Nope, we're not going to do it. This idea is fantastic. Nope, we're not going to do it. it
2: and that led to... The spirit of s-
1: revenge. That led to civil conflicts, two civil wars, and then ultimately a dictatorship and then an empire. For it's how many years after that? How long? Five, well, About 400 do you think how you consider it do you think that or 1400 depending on how you look at it
0: but let's go full tinfoil hat for a moment do you think with all the things that are in place that a a, an american empire is possible yes that scares the shit out of me
1: 100 percent. we are how
0: do you think it would last as long as say a a roman empire or
1: okay it would eventually fall well i think so we are it depends on what you define an empire right A dictator, someone
0: that stays in office per or more than the. I mean, you could argue
1: we are to an extent an empire. We have military personnel in about 160 countries. Oh, no, no. I know there's already that argument. I guess what I'm saying is. Could you have, if you have. All right. So if you had. Fear. If you had hunger. If you had chaos on the streets. And if there was a person promising for it to end and then they ended it, 100%. And that's what all dictators do. You look at Hitler, Hitler
0: But it it doesn't end for
1: very long. Well, it depends. It depends how powerful you are. Right. If you're a strong country with strong economic foundations and whatnot, yeah, you could last for a long time. If you're not, eh. Hmm. you know? But does it take, if you're, if you're, I mean, Mussolini was a dictator of um, uh, Italy for. Almost twenty years, maybe more than twenty years. But these are historically some of the most violent. Yeah, but but Mussolini was not that bad. I mean, not that good, but he wasn't that bad either until like World War II started. Mm-hmm. And he was famous for getting the trains to run on time. And they loved him because he got the trains to run on time. So he was reelected.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, but because people like order, people like you know, we don't like chaos. We don't want we don't want to live in a. I don't think most Americans want to live in a country where you have to worry about going to the store because you're going to get blown up. Right, if 9/11 had happened, and then there was a 9/12, and a 9/32 or 9/31, not or 9/30, and then on October 31st, and like you had a whole series of bombings across, we would be in a dictatorship right now, right. I think. It's it's doesn't I mean when um, uh, there's a general Smedley Butler in right after um, FDR was elected, like in 35, 36, something like that. Um, a bunch of politicians went to him. He had won the Medal of Honor twice. He was a Marine Corps general and went to him and said, hey, we should have a coup. You should become, it's called the business plot. You can look that up, the business plot. He, uh, Smedley Butler, General Smedley Butler. He went, like they wanted him to be, to overthrow, to become co-president with FDR. They considered FDR a socialist and they wanted to overthrow him and put like a fascist regime in power with this Smedley Butler guy in charge. Um, and it who'd, just, v- who'd vote for a Smedley Butler? He was a popular, was he was a super, he won the medal of honor twice. He was like a war heroes, war hero. Ultimately. Why did that fail? Cause he did. He's like, I'm not doing that. Oh, Only okay. because so had they gone a to big... a different general, oh. maybe a MacArthur, he would have probably done it. Mm. It was just that this guy was like,
2: nope. Did you pull that up, Josh? Uh, and he wrote a great book. Smedley this, Butler, but what specific?
1: The businessman's plot or the business plot. He wrote a book called War is a Racket. Yeah, the business plot. Yeah. A and uh, what year was that? Uh, 1933. Right. So right after FDR gets elected. So he comes out with all the New Deal policies and whatnot. Mm. And they're like, meh. They're like, we need to make more money. Conspiracy, you know who one of the guys who he said was one of them? Bush's grandpa. Oh. Was one of the, he was a congressman. so Or he's a business guy. Prescott Bush.
0: So obviously, you you know. <coughs> Without putting the tinfoil hat on, there are obviously these aristocratic, these families that have been in power for sure ages that sure. that would love to just keep control. Like that's not you the know oligarchy. without going full New World
1: Order conspiracy well, theory, just, like, just an oligarchy. It just shifts between the elite. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know it rarely oligarchy, yeah. right? I don't think that it's been a long time, a long time since a guy who couldn't write a check for a million dollars was president. I, Eisenhower maybe was the last guy. that couldn't Jimmy do Carter. It. Maybe Jimmy. I mean, he had a peanut farm. I don't know how much money he had from that. I don't think that much. But like <laughs> peanuts, peanuts. <laughs> I mean, he had. He couldn't. He was the governor of Alabama, of uh, Georgia. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he wasn't. But he went. He, he, yeah, I mean, he went to the Naval Academy. He was our last. He was a nuke officer on a submarine, hmm. which is why wackadoodles on subs, man. No offense.
0: So how, I guess the ultimate question here is, how do we? How do we end the military industrial complex? Like, if you're going to do
1: it, what are some steps that have to be? There are, it is a complicated issue, right? All issues are complicated. We'd like to think that there's just a one step solution. Part of it would be trying to make deals with regional power players um, and to accept the fact that we don't need to be the world's police, right? Mm -hmm. We don't need to control the world. We don't need to be sitting in the Middle East. It's in the Middle East's interest to sell oil on the global market. We don't really need to be there to make sure that happens, right? Do we need a fleet sitting that's off their coast? That's a really good point, yeah. Right? Like, that's in their interest to do it. So, they're not suddenly going to turn off. So we, we just want it, though. We want to be okay. there. Uh, I got, like, no, I'll tell you a story about it later. But the, the, like, that would be a good option. Another option would be um, maybe breaking up some of these giant companies, perhaps, um, to make them more manageable, more... Like like more, Roosevelt did, and yeah, more. Some you know, you that. have these massive companies that have all come together at the end of World War II. All of these smaller uh, manufacturing companies merged into Boeing and Lockheed Martin and Raytheon. These massive companies, maybe breaking them back up into their constituent parts, mm-hmm. um, that might help. That way, they don't have so much power, right? They don't have the ability to buy officials. Right, the open door process, maybe make a rule hey, all right, you were an admiral, you were in the military, you can't work for these companies
0: oh, in the defense of type for things. X
1: number of years until you know if you want your retirement, sweet, you can't do this for X number of years, like make that part of the deal. Um, that might be not, not a bad deal because you know you're a four star general or a four star admiral or a four star, you know, Air Force officer or general, then you go into and you're going back and talking to your same get buddies at the same clubs about how they should really support this project and this,
0: you know, um, so right now we got,
1: so actually changing
0: public sentiment. Hey, we, we don't need to yep. be doing all this. Yep.
1: Changing public sentiment, maybe breaking up some of these corporations. Okay. Maybe preventing the ability for senior military folks to roll into the private sector. Um, conflict of interest clause. It's a conflict there. of interest, but I, you know, these guys don't get paid that much in the military and they get paid a lot on the private sector. So that's hard. You know, I don't know how you would, balance that out um like a political options would be you know term limits so that there's not as much reason for massive corporations to buy candidates and keep them in their pocket for you know
0: decades for decades (laughs) right if you're
1: only limited to six or eight years in in congress then you're not likely to be bought because it's just it's not as worth it for the for the businesses to invest that much money in one person if they know they're gonna have to do it in a couple years But gerrymandering, gerrymandering, yep, gerrymandering. You know, so changing the you're preventing somehow making it fair, or it's just I I saw one where it was just lines of latitude and longitude. So it's just a grid. They get bigger, they get smaller based on your number of people, based on your um, number of representatives. But it's just a grid that gets has to be perfect square. And you know, something like that would make it fair, right? It's just across the board. This is what it is. You know, based on whatever your state is gotta be longitude and latitude that would be good because then again you get turnover you're less polarized in your districts you're more you know your ability to compromise yeah the
0: polarization too and probably i guess one of the biggest things maybe bringing in more than one party more or more than two parties
1: yes bringing in a third party or a fourth party Mm -hmm. that would be great too i think that that if anything that would be the the and a a viable party like all right there's a libertarian party that's great but unless Ten yeah. members, ten senators from one party, and ten senators from the other party decide to join together and form a libertarian party, or form something. And they were already in office. Then they would have the ability to actually, you know, compromise. And there's some the
0: precedent for that. I mean, that's how Teddy Roosevelt formed the Bull Moose Party. Yeah, and but you know, he didn't get
1: elected. I mean, the, yeah. the the better would be back a gener, you know, back in the Civil War. You had the Whigs and the you know the Democratic Republican you know, Party. Now, Teddy Roosevelt won with the Bull, Bull Moose nope. Party, didn't he? Not? Nope, he did not. If he led to uh, Woodrow Wilson winning. He and Taft split the vote. Oh, okay. He did not win. He did not win. Instead, he went to the Amazon to map the river of doubt. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's what it was called. He almost died. It's a prequel story.
0: Well, that's a lot of information. I know That's at least we have some stuff to go on, so people need to be aware. Aware, aware is the number one. you got to know these things. Man, that's
1: yes, like- that's the number one. Aware, and then don't let, don't be um, lulled into sleep right we need we if we want to change our system and we want our country to continue in whatever form it's supposed to continue in whatever form we need to find common ground Mm -hmm. people can find common ground maybe politicians can't but people can find this there is a solution out there for every problem It's challenging. It's going to be painful, but it's only going to be more painful the longer we wait.
0: Yeah, that's a big thing. As far as the lulling to sleep, sometimes people are like, "Ah," I mean, some of these subjects can be, you got to find the interesting parts to to study. Mm -hmm. And and some of it can be quite interesting, but getting into it, I can see.
1: It's hard. And then, you know, it doesn't necessarily apply to you. Right, right. We don't realize. Oh well, I mean, it does. You mean <laughs> right. the awareness part? <laughs> you're, you're right. You're not aware how, much, how much it applies to us. Six hundred and forty billion dollars ish, right, for the defense budget. That applies. That applies. If you look at and what's as interesting is that the amount most of the federal budget is fixed. It's non-discretionary spending, right? Social Security is a you can't mess with that. Medicare, you can't mess with that. The Department of Defense, you can. So it's the largest dis- non, or it's the largest discretionary spending in the federal budget by a lot. So if you're going to shrink the federal budget in any man- any reasonable amount, that's where you have to cut from.
2: Mm. And
1: if you ever want to balance the 14 or 20 trillion dollars of debt we have, that's it's got to be curbed. It's got to be curbed because you just can't keep. We cannot keep going in this manner forever. It's just sooner or later empires collapse. You just don't have the money.
0: Well. That was a lot. I'm glad you gave us our perspective. It's been, thank you very it's much for inviting good. me. Yeah, Brian. Oh, look at that. Let's edit that out. No, I'm just kidding. It'll be good.
1: <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you.